Hey everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. With me in the kitchen studio are my co-host... Ann Lewis. And... Tyler Wilde. And... Michael Grimm. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> I think that's almost exactly the same intro way we gave our intro last time. Question mark, question mark, Michael Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Grimm. He's the period on all of our sentences. Yes. Yes, he is. And the support class in real life. (laughs) The grumpy, glowering period. (laughs) Everything sucks. So anyway, uh, we'll get right to it. Uh, We... I think I think we can call this a tradition now. We begin each podcast with a top five. Mm -hmm. And uh, this top five was inspired by one of our favorite games from recent weeks, The Cave, uh, which has uh, a wonderful narrator. Welcome to the cave. That's me, the cave. Yes, yes, I'm a talking cave. Don't laugh. It makes dating hell. I love that guy. So yeah, he's he's great. Um, <laughs> but he inspired our our top five for this week, which is top five narrators. Yes. Why does being a cave make dating hell? Well, you, you can't you really s- get I up mean, and move around. Are for you one. dating another cave? Maybe because if you're dating another yeah. cave. You can be in like a, I guess, non-sexual relationship with another cave. You're kind of both immobile. He's clearly yeah. a dude it's cave. It's difficult to even talk. But his entire existence is just an opening. Maybe lady caves are just <laughs> very baritone. We can't verify this. Maybe. Um, maybe. Well, I don't know. I think he. I think he identifies. You're defined as a by man. the empty space. That so this runs cave is cisgendered. Sure. Yes. Just watch out for his stalactites. It's phallic. That's the joke. But how was the cave? But how was the cave? Oh, the cave is lovely. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great game. I think I said lovely twice now, yes. which is a mistake. It's a lovely adjective. It is a lovely adjective, <laughs> Mike. You're a lovely man. No, oh, thank you. Uh, no, the, the cave's great. We talked about it some on the last podcast, uh, the pod last, and uh, last cast. Yeah, last cast. You know, it's it's fifteen bucks. It's. Uh, Produced by Ron Gilbert and Double Fine, and it's probably one of the best games Sega has or will publish this year. Oh, Does that wait, lead Sega us into published a later thing? Yes, Sega mm-hmm. published it. Wow. Yes, that's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, <laughs> yes. Okay. Number five. Hello, and again, welcome to the Aperture Science Computer Aided Enrichment Center. We hope your brief detention in the relaxation vault has been a pleasant one. That is, of course, Vance DeGeneres, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Vance oh, wow. DeGeneres. Classic. <laughs> Good choice we, for number five. Yes. Uh, no, it's GLaDOS. Uh, Ellen McLean's GLaDOS from, from Portal, of course. And when we were putting this list together, there was a lot of debate over whether or not she is technically a narrator. Yeah, she she sort of qualifies. There's she's some debate about very that on much the an instructional well. narrator, but I mean, she's the only person you get story from, other than mm-hmm. writings written on walls. Right. So I think that I think we did end up saying right. she's one of our favorite narrators. I mean, we lo- we all love Gladys I and. Think- yeah, she, she narrates. Counts. She narrates events as they're happening from the perspective of right. somebody who's in the story. I mean, yes. To me, technically, a narrator should be 
outside the narrative telling us what's happening in the narrative and she's part of it but I guess she counts because she's awesome yeah she is pretty awesome if you're going by that then a lot of the people on our list would not count as narrators because they're people who are technically involved in the story itself well that's fine but usually they're speaking from like a sort of omniscient point of view where they know what's already happened and what will happen whereas GLaDOS is in the moment like this is happening to her too yeah hi I'm the hero of this story but yes. I'm dead now yes <laughs> spoiler alert I am a, <laughs> I am the most reliable narrator <laughs> I died in Vietnam but here's the story of how me and my <laughs> friends found a body <laughs> you can tell I'm a good guy who should be trusted <laughs> But no, I mean, we chose to add her because she just makes sense to me anyway. And hmm. yeah, there was there was the debate, but I don't know. She well, fits for me. Like, this is why she's at the number five position, yes. though, because it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of dubious whether or not debatable. she actually qualifies, but everybody loves GLaDOS. And she's one of the most entertaining characters. She really is. In, in probably In the modern best. video games, yeah. at least. Yeah. Proof that writing matters. Yes. 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 Good work, Eric Wolpaw. All right. And Ellen McLean. She's so great. Yep, she She's is. She's pretty great. Do we have any more sounds from oh, her? Oh, we sure do. Please oh. note that we have added a consequence for failure. Any contact with the chamber floor will result in an unsatisfactory mark on your official testing record, followed by death. I love it. It's a shame that matters more than your corporeal form finding its end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she also, she, she was in the Pacific Rim trailer, uh, yes. which was weird, and she apparently won't be in the final movie. She's not? Hold up, why? No, uh, apparently Guillermo del Toro just wanted her her for the trailer. Like, she will be oh, really? playing an AI voice in the movie, but she won't be doing the GLaDOS voice. And in huh. fact, he got permission to use the GLaDOS voice just for the trailer. Just so we would Bell. talk about it? We've been manipulated yes, by Guillermo del Toro? He is a media so mastermind. dirty now. He oh. promised Gabe a truck Guillermo del Goebbels. <laughs> oh, wow. Deep cut. Oh, man. I bet I bet all of the... I bet, like, uh, having two Sons of Anarchy cast members in two was just all a ploy to, like, to yeah, mess I with Yeah, I bet us. Jax isn't even in it. Yeah. And having him do a... Uh, What's the name of that actor? I can't remember. Ron Char Perlman. Oh, Ron Perlman or Charlie Hun Hunnam? Hunman? Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Hunnam. Who, 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 like, who, who's, who's British, but... Yeah, he's some sort of foreign. <laughs> when he does an American accent... <laughs> he's a foreign. He's he, a foreign? I don't It's kind know. of a digression, but he has one American accent, and it's the one he uses in the show Sons of Anarchy, so that's also the one he's using in Pacific Rim. So, and, and he's giving a... Uh, uh, a voiceover, a monologue in the trailer mm -hmm. with Which, the exact same voice he gives <laughs> yeah. monologues. He also narrates Sons of Anarchy. So I feel like that was probably just a ploy to uh, to make us think of uh, a popular show. Yeah, it's probably got nobody we recognize in that actually. Whatever, movie. Del Toro. Yeah, but anyway, that movie looks GLaDOS yeah. is a uh, hangs from the ceiling. Looks kind of like a woman in bondage if you you know look at the right. I'm not a pervert. Drawings. Yes, you are. If you hang out on You're 4chan, she pervert. probably looks like a woman in bondage. Yeah. <laughs> pe people have done, like, comparison drawings. It's like, look, it looks like a woman hanging upside down, bending backwards. A giraffe blown itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That, too. You, oh, you, you hang out on the same site side. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Wait a minute. Cool guy 76? <laughs> Ass man 23? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wit now and cake will be served immediately. Probably one of 
one of the more famous lines in the game. Hey guys, did you know the cake oh, is a lie? What? I can't believe you made that reference from it's that game so we all played. Topical and fresh. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. Going to tell you the cake was a lie until I took an arrow. I would love. <laughs> Alright, you win. I would love to say that that, that has died, but, uh, you know, go, go to Reddit and. It absolutely has. Go to Reddit died. And, and shoot yourself. Uh, uh, in the knee? Gross, no. A cake tipped arrow. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Have we actually said anything about why she's awesome? Is, is it, no, I don't think. She, other she's than the just, fact that we love her so we, much. We'd love her, but why do we love she's her? She's a matter of fact psychopath. That's, yeah, she yeah, absolutely That's a great is, character. She's just. She's crazy in a very. Dead. robotic way yeah, well it's like this this sort of deadpan very extremely dry sarcastic humor that kind of drives portal and gives it a, a it big really chunk does, of its yeah. identity yeah i mean yeah. that game is really good but it would not be nearly the same game without yeah. her no okay. no it would no, have be, been a clever puzzle game it would have been quantum conundrum without her oh would have been anti-chamber that game like was quantum cute <laughs> yeah. number four Dear Esther, I find each step harder and heavier. I drag Donnelly's corpse on my back across these rocks, and all I hear are his whispers of guilt, his reminders, his burnt letters, his neatly folded clothes. He tells me I was not drunk at all. He says the title, you wins the prize. Yes, so that's Dear Esther. Mm-hmm. And Dear Esther is the name of the narrator, I'm presuming. No, no. the narrator is totally unidentified that's, the entire game. That's true, that's true. It does sort of hint at what his name might be. Yes. It's Colin Firth. <laughs> sure, actually, it's, sure. it's uh, Nigel Carrington. Well, Nig- that's the actor. Wow, really? That's his name? That's, no, that's the name the of the actor. actor. That's what I'm naming my corgi. That's so <laughs> Nigel Carrington? Nigel Carrington. Yeah, his name's going to be Nigel. It's so British. <laughs> Does his voice get like more and more intense, like as the game goes, just in a constant rise? Because during that clip, it's just like he's getting more clipped and more upset as he talks. Yeah. No, but there are certain scenes. Like that game is what two hours yeah. long, and it's it's kind of a weird game. We were talking about this earlier that there's sort of a disconnect between, well, everything. Yeah. And, like you're you're pretty much just kind of walking around on this sort of desolate island. Yeah. Exploring caves, but then every so often, like you just trigger this narrator, mm-hmm. and who seems to be narrating something that's completely unrelated to what you're seeing. Yeah, so you walk around the island, and as you go, you unlock new bits of information, and all of this information is given to you in the form of a letter that this man wrote to a woman named Esther, which we assume is his wife based on the letters. And um, as you go, you can unlock the narrative in different orders. So you never really get the story in a certain way. It's just kind of when you hit them, you get this information. And then the whole game is very depressing, actually. And it's like like some of the characters he's talking about, it it seems to switch between first and third person. Like he might actually be this character he's talking about. Or he might have, you know, just observed this character he's talking about. Mm-hmm. What really got me was very strange. I didn't really get into it until I unlocked like bunny hopping and the reflex scope for yeah. like the <laughs> when you get like instant lock on headshots. Yeah, like yeah. it really. That's when it had to click for me mechanically. I didn't really like it until I got the until I unlocked the helicopter. So <laughs> yeah. you know, well, you know, the hundred round clips that you get at level fifty when you prestige, like yes, that really yeah. makes all the difference. When I, when yeah. I prestige, dear Esther, for the first time. <laughs> Uh, 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 that, oh, that, so I yeah I run that the no scope narration server. was nuts. Oh yeah, and, uh, that really I, is my dream to just like you, you should join my dear Esther guild. Yeah, 
I really wish that someone on Steamworks would just make like a Dear Esther mod with just like where you had a rocket launcher and could like rocket jump around <laughs> while he was talking about stuff. Uh, There's no enemies or anything, just you could rocket jump. Yeah, you rocket jump in the right place, you find his narrator booth and then <laughs> you can kill him and the rest of the game oh, is silent. Uh, yeah. Ultra atmosphere. <laughs> Narrative show. <laughs> Quad art. <laughs> One of the reasons I loved this narration so much was it's very poetic, very artistic in a way that's so pompous. It's like... She said, you as feel she was less and less sure it was a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has, like, he has those moments where he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm not by myself, but he absolutely is. Like, there's no one on the island with him. But, um, I don't know, it's just, it's such a different narrative from a lot of things that I've seen, and there was a debate when they when it was released that is this really a game and i don't know that it necessarily is Proteus. they're kind of aren't yeah that's mm. a that's a kind of a big debate right now like is 30 flights of loving a game is proteus a game is it a game if there are, is not a rule set and a ghoul, like you know the rule set in dear esther is some physics you can walk around mm-hmm. and you discover things well, there's no real is it goal is it is it an atmospheric experience, an interactive yeah. experience, or a game? I tried playing Proteus, and maybe you can tell me if I can veer off topic for a second. Is there? Yes. I, I played for like five minutes, just wandering around, and said like, "Well, this is nice, and nothing's happening." Is there a reason <laughs> to keep playing, or have I pretty much seen it all? I haven't played it further than you, but from what I understand, <laughs> um, I know that changes of seasons are involved. From what I understand, you're not going to find some kind of rule set or some kind of uh, it, it. It is that. Um, What's interesting to me is even when I accomplish a game, I still have that same horrible hollowness that says you've wasted all your time (laughs) on this. But you have achievements. (laughs) So how could it be a waste? And I look at those and the girl that I've invited over leaves immediately. Actually, you shouldn't have played video games in front of her. I can't help it. Does Dear Esther have achievements? Because I hope it it does. I don't think it does. Uh, It doesn't have Steam achievements? Because that would be great. Steam achievements? uh, Steam does have achievements. but uh, I know. You... You made it through the first like twenty voiceovers. Mm-hmm. Achievement. <laughs> there might be one. I don't for, know like, that there are twenty voiceovers. voiceovers. You explored the bunch. lighthouse. Good job. There's a lot, but that game's only two hours long, and each each section where he's talking, each letter yeah. is like probably well, five look, minutes look at long. It, dear Esther, for those who who haven't played it, who maybe don't play much on PC, think of it as being like Journey, but really morose and realistic instead yes. of stylistic and and awesome. Yeah. And the story is never said specifically, but throughout the game you get certain hints as to what might have happened. You're like, on an island and there was some kind of tragedy, and that's mm-hmm. kind of all you know. Yes, yeah. and there are certain letters or certain clips that give you a much better glimpse into what happened. A sound of torn metal, teeth running over the edge of the rocks, a moon that casts a signal as I lay pinned beside you, the ticking of the cleaning engine, and the calling from a great height, all my mind as a bypass. And in that one, you can actually hear sound effects from, like, obviously that's describing a mm. horrific car accident, which mm, we yes, believed is bypass. what killed, what well, we killed Civilism. Dear Esther. Or what we, yes, what killed Dear Esther. Yes. But, she's um, very dear to she's us. She's very dear to us. <laughs> but uh, you can hear, actually, the ambulance noises in the background. Mm. So All I could hear was the piano, and all I could imagine was <laughs> that guy sitting... With a grand piano, <laughs> with a spotlight on a stage, and doing a one-man show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, William Shatner comes out and does a spoken word version of Rocket Man, and then it's just done. It's over. Kind of weird. When I started playing Dear Esther, I think I had it confused with things that I'd heard about amnesia. So mm. I was, I kept waiting for it to be, like, really Although, scary. It's like, all right, this is going to give way to mind-numbing horrors. Awesome <laughs> connection. Mind-bending horror. The makers of 
Dear Esther, are doing the next Amnesia. Really? Are they? A Machine That's for Pigs? Cool. A Machine for Pigs. Of course, <laughs> under the direction of the original Amnesia creator. But yes, the Chinese room... Um, I did nice. not know that. It's doing say, a machine for pigs, and I'm excited because like they have atmosphere, they have creepy atmosphere down. Yeah, they sure do. And then with the direction of the creators, like they will certainly probably get horror down. And they're and also terrifying. They're yeah. also working on a longer, more commercial version of uh, of Dear Esther. So are they? That yeah. was the longer, more commercial version. Wow. Video. Python no, I thought, Magnum. I think that they're making. A <laughs> That's funny. Dear Esther was like yeah. a mod, MP5. and then, like, they made a standalone. Now they're making a uh, double standalone. I Dear Esther so. branded Maybe machete. I'm wrong. All these double standalones are just I know. Really in the industry. Like DayZ, they're making the standalone version, and then they're going to make the uh, the second standalone version that's even more standalone. Are they going to make a standalone version of the War Z? <laughs> <laughs> it already is standalone, and that nobody goes near it. <laughs> Heyo! Heyo! Well put. Well put. That game's bad. <laughs> Seriously, don't buy it. But do buy Dear Esther because mm-hmm. it's it's pretty good. For it them. is, a, yeah. and it's it's, it's not much, a good it? way to waste two Ten hours. Bucks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll feel like you you just saw something artistic and enriching, even though that's debatable. I would say don't buy Thirty Flights of Love. That's my opinion. Huh. Even though that game was two hours, I couldn't finish it because my ingrained gamer bloodlust entailed I had to go murder something. Oh yeah, God, I would love to make a Dear Esther mod. Are you, you lusting for problem. violence? Yes, yeah. Um, oh. Video games have taught me to be a horrible, violent maniac. Okay. Oh, oh, he man. was right. <laughs> God, man. Now, I really do think I might make a Dear Esther mod and just put, like, Combine in it or something. <laughs> <If you> could, <laughs> <man>. oh. <laughs> like, everything's the same, it's but like, you have to shoot. Every like, time there's a narration, the headcrab zombie stumbles out, <laughs> and, like, the sound is clearly emanating from his <laughs> like, Just, like, completely just ruin. sound? That's so good. <laughs> oh. Ruin every artistic intention they had. Big uh, fluffing penis just swabbles. I'm, I'm actually surprised that nobody's done that. Is just like a sound mod for for Half Life. Just replace all the the, the sounds with uh, narration from Dear Esther. <laughs> Surprised no one's done it. They have by the time this podcast that because that's what I'm doing they right after have. this. All right, awesome, <laughs> Dear Esther. I picked up that can. <laughs> <laughs> And you can play that mod at uh, VidjaGameApocalypse.com. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Uh. Number three. And Kratos cast himself from the highest mountain in all of Greece. After ten years of suffering, ten years of endless nightmares, it would finally come to an end. Linda Hunt, City Arts and Lectures. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll be there in a minute. <laughs> um, but yes, that's Linda Hunt as uh, Gaia from God of War, who was completely unidentified in the first game, just just the narrator. Mm-hmm. And remember when I, I went to see God of War Ascension, like one of the first things I wanted to know was, is Linda Hunt coming back to narrate? And of course she is. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's something to be said for a narrator for whom like the game just would not feel like that series without her. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta kill things. I, I, I played one and gave up because I hate Kratos so much. <laughs> it's pronounced Kratos. Whatever. Kratos? Uh, what do you tell me? Adelaide is not Adil or something. <laughs> it's uh, Crater because he's Russian. Oh, okay. Nah. Kratos. Oh, I get Asteroid it. burn. Asteroid burn, gotcha. You're so funny. But I've yeah, been told I laugh too much, so I'm trying laugh. to really cut back on laugh. that. That's garbage. Who told <laughs> you that? <laughs> Who told you that? I'll punch him. No, don't. But, That's rude. I mean, aside from being really iconic, uh, you know, Gaia slash Linda Hunt, I mean, narrates the action. Without her describing what Kratos is thinking, he probably would not be regarded as a character with any depth whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. he's not. 
Well, <clears throat> he is and he isn't. Because Linda Hunt dictates He's a rampaging madman. He's a character because Linda Hunt makes him a exactly. character. Exactly. <laughs> he's you, angry because he's sad. <laughs> you know what? Oftentimes when I'm sad, I am just hungry. So You're hungry. Yeah, so sad. angry and has And ate sad. the falafel. Seriously, though, I would like to hear some of these narrators without the swelling music behind them, because I feel like they would just sound silly. <laughs> well, Linda Hunt, we pretty much know what she sounds like, and she, she sounds the yeah. same way. And uh, I actually have a sound clip of her from the popular NPR show, uh, City Arts and Lectures. So let, let's, let's hear that. Welcome, Kratos, to City Arts and Lectures, a season of talks and onstage conversations recorded before a theater audience in Mount Olympus. I am Titan Gaia, ever-present mother of Earth. Join me now in hearing the Sisters of Fate. Only with their power will you defeat the most celebrated writers, artists, and thinkers of our day. Bravo. Bravo, sir. One of the saddest things about that, like, I, I will listen to it on NPR when it comes on just long enough to hear her introduction, and then I will stop. <laughs> Which is kind of a shame because I, I imagine some really interesting stuff can come out of that show. Just imagine you sitting there going, ha, got a one narrator. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have, I have a very simple mind and I'm easily amused. Yes. Tyler. Okay. That's a, that's a full quote. Something has me. I cannot move, Kratos. That is from God of War 3, yeah. where she's actually a character in the game. Yeah, she actually crossed over into the line and is a, a legit on-screen gigantic character. Giant that you, character. And I haven't played this game. Does of. she play herself? No. Mm-hmm. She does play Linda Hunt. Okay. The, the tiny... <laughs> she's uh, self-credited. Okay. No old woman, um, but no, she. It, it was kind of a strange transition because she still narrates mm-hmm. the game, and then she's on screen and like, "Raw Kratos," and, <laughs> and then exactly she narrates she again later. Like. That was a real close fucking call for me. <laughs> <laughs> Better get back to the studio to narrate the rest. And so then Kratos that, abandoned me. What a dick. <laughs> Why do I do an evil I'm old Linda witch? Hunt. I don't know. Whoa. Just make sure you say, I'm Linda Hunt. I'm Linda Hunt! Good. (laughs) Welcome to NCIS. I'm Linda Hunt. (laughs) Car Talk is brought to you by Grant. Oh, man. Is that still on? I will utter a single vowel into the microphone until you pay your pledges. (laughs) (laughs) My Linda Hunt impression is amazing. (laughs) No, it's real. I thought she was right here with us. I know. So did I. Uh, next week, we're going to have Linda Hunt on the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully none of this is offensive to, to her. Number two. To make any kind of sense of it, I need to go back three years. Yes. Like yes. the pain started. That's where that's the pain name. started. His <laughs> name it's is funny, Max Payne. The pills, Woody is the pain. The pills, the... I love Woody's the Max Payne. So obviously it's Max Payne. I loved... I don't think we have clips of this, but in the the first game... When you tried to quit the game, which is a really annoying thing to do in games, but it'll give you that do you want to quit screen, and it would just, like, it would like, be in, in his voice. 
it was too hard to go on. You had to like click that to quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like he tried to make You're you right, feel Max, bad. It is too hard to go on. About I can't. not playing it's the game. It's too hard anymore. to go on. I was such a fucking pussy that I had to go do something else in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, I, James McCaffrey, voice of Max Payne. And I had to quit to Windows. <laughs> Get thee to a nunnery. Uh, Max Payne is great. He, he's my he is. he's my favorite narrator. Just like I love like over the top noir. It's. And that's, yeah. that's oh, another yeah, narrator that's become very iconic to the series, not least because he's the main character. But uh, I remember when Rockstar put out Max Payne 3, they made a big deal about, like, we got James McCaffrey back in the studio because yeah. he was so busy. <laughs> yeah. He also, um, uh, they modeled the character after him. Like, he yeah. kind of looks like, like the first Max Payne he, first is modeled Max after Payne one was, of the writers. He was modeled after Sam Lake. Yeah. Who then modeled uh, Alan Wake after himself. Yes. It's very who, narcissistic. Who, who, like, if you've played the first Max Payne, you know what that face looks like. It's ridiculous. Ooh. Sam Lake yeah. has that face. Yeah, he makes that face <laughs> all that's, the time. That's Does, an actual person with that weird, constipated, always angry face. Does he not understand that sunglasses exist? <laughs> yeah. No. He should, uh, he should think about it. No, Sam Lake's a good guy, probably. I've never yeah, met him, but he makes good games. He yeah, seems yeah. okay. He did He did star in, uh, at, I think, in Alan Wake, I think. Like, mm. like, you turn on a talk show and he shows up as himself yeah. uh, with live action. I gotta say, uh, if you haven't seen Cat Pain on YouTube, oh God. Just, just look up Cat Find Pain. Cat Pain. It's just basically a slow shot of this cat with like a frown on its face with like <laughs> snow in front of it, and then Max Payne theme <laughs> just <laughs> plays. <laughs> the other thing is, like, if you've played Max Payne, you don't really need us to tell you why it's awesome, but part of the appeal of that series, and, and again, this kind of went away in three, is like, it's just filled with this overwrought, florid noir speak. Yes. The sun went down with practice bravado. Twilight crawled across the sky, laden with foreboding. That's actually in three, isn't it? Okay. Well, no, he, he, he no, does. Three is full of it. He loves the phrase practice bravado. He uses it, I think, in all three games huh. wow. multiple times. Yeah, no, practice bravado was from one. Yeah. Or that one, that clip was from. No, one. everything happens with practice bravado to that guy. It's like I like that they almost <laughs> acknowledge that he has a limited <laughs> vocabulary, even for a noir narrator. Yeah. It's just like he knows the word foreboding <laughs> and laden. If you guys have never uh, read some noir, you should. It's yeah. excellent uh, stuff. Yeah. And it, it also yeah. fits in with the fact that like, this is a guy who the world continually shits on, who will always survive but never win. Yes. Yeah. He will always fail consistently and hate everything and yeah. himself. And as a guy that uh, drinks a lot, I can agree with that world. <laughs> well, like, Max Payne 3, if you didn't play the first two, like he's already been shit on in Max Payne 3. Yeah. So I can understand why like some people who played it were just like, oh, this is just a whiny, annoying character. Like, Go back to one where his wife and kid are murdered. Yeah. Like, <laughs> two where his girlfriend dies yeah like and then you understand why after the three, entire story he's a guy her. he's an alcoholic pill addict who hates his life like because <laughs> like in the first two games his life is destroyed he was a cop and then he was a renegade and everyone wanted to kill him the opening of three where he's just like drinking straight whiskey and like throwing up in his apartment i was like mm-hmm. man this makes me feel bad about drinking straight whiskey and throwing up in my apartment <laughs> i was <laughs> You weren't just like, hey, he's just like me. <laughs> it's like, like oh, I'm the character in this game. He's my Master Chief. <laughs> Perfect, yes. Yeah, he is my, like, I had to review that game on really short notice because there was some stuff. So I had to review it in a weekend. So I'm like, okay, bought a bottle of whiskey and sat down <laughs> Saturday, like, afternoon and, like, stayed up drinking whiskey until, like, Sunday night playing it and writing the review and by the end I had identified with him far too much 
correct. And I think my review uh, it showed that. It gave it a good <laughs> a good a good score. I think I don't really remember much of what I wrote because mm. of the whiskey. I wouldn't know right from wrong if one of them was helping the poor and the other was banging my sister. <laughs> <laughs> He's a classy, classy man. He's so fucking classy. <laughs> Just to say too, uh, to go back to the campaign video, I'm not sure if it's still current, but the YouTube comments underneath that were the best thing ever because it was the same overwrought dialogue, but from a cat standpoint, where it's like, as my paw left the trigger. <laughs> just this kind of shit where I was like, I realized I'd never get the treat. It was just being held out of my reach. All <laughs> nice. I had a hole in my second favorite drinking arm. And the only way we were likely to get Fabiana back now was in installments. <laughs> I, I like, love that music. I also have there. two favorite drinking arms. My third arm is not for drinking. No. No, it sucks. Mine either. It mm. spills everything. And you wouldn't want to get that. her back in installments because when you chop people up, they become less useful. That's true. <laughs> right. Also less valuable. It's true. God, I would you love know, it, it damages the resale value. Somebody like, can put like the uh, Rainer Wolfcaster. That's the joke thing in right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I could live like a different life and choose my life, I would go back and be in that writing room, coming up with those lines like, "Ah, oh, yeah, second favorite drinking arm." Because get it? Because like he has only two, two yeah. arms and he drinks a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and get then, it? It's funny. How do we say that she would be cut up? Oh, in installments. If you've ever read <laughs> Raymond Chandler, though, that is how he. Yeah, yeah I know. He's that's one of the great. best guys ever. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to the number one? Number one. Proper yes. store is supposed to start at the beginning. Ain't so simple with this one. Now, here's a kid whose whole world got all twisted, leaving him stranded on a rock in the sky. Now, this was one that we actually debated for a bit because Bastion, uh, from which Rux comes, Mm-hmm. Is like that's such a trendy choice. It is a make. very trendy like, choice. Oh, this is the best game ever. But the thing is, it's only really amazing because of its narrative. Yes, it's a very pretty game. Like it's a beautiful game. But the only thing that makes it truly, truly special is mm-hmm. that narration that yeah. changes as you do things in the world. You die, and he'll say something about it, and then. But nope, the kid got right back up. But, like, he'll change what he's saying based on, oh, the kid knocked down a wall that he didn't need to knock down. But I just... The kid just flailed away at that cage for (laughs) hours and hours and hours. (laughs) The kid really needed to stop hitting that cage because it wasn't going to work. But he'll say things like that. boring the narrator to tears. I'm going to keep on narrating while you keep doing stupid shit, kid. (laughs) Max Payne 3 plays with that idea a little bit, but not nearly as much as Bastion. The idea of the narrator being present with the player and, like, telling the player what they're doing and Mm. whether they're doing something like the kid wasn't supposed to go that way. He knew that. Ah, I see. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. Cool. But that's a really clever way to, like, keep the narrative and the gameplay. Uh, it's a little thing we call ludonarrative dissidence. That we, sorry, I just almost shot myself in the head. But I mean, like, I w- without Rux uh, or uh, Logan Cunningham, the the narrator, mm. like Bastion would would just it would be a very pretty action RPG. Wait, this isn't the Black Baron. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you know, with with him, I think you know we've made the point that he really elevates the material. And Michael made a a strange comparison. He said that. Logan Cunningham, when he's using his normal voice, kind of sounds like Tyler. And so we pulled from this interview, and if you listen, he kind of does sound a little like Tyler. What? So, because Darren and I were living together, it wasn't wow. too difficult to 
to do just logistically. I just had to walk into his uh, wow his bedroom, which was also his recording studio. Tyler, that's how you sound like. Is that? A yeah. little, the way that yeah. you rap. He, he, he also looks really a tiny bit voice. like you. Like if you were African American, <laughs> you'd look kind of like Logan <laughs> Said the kid. <laughs> yeah, it works. So, yeah, like you could be doing things with amazing things with your voice, and, and you're not. Continued to podcast. <laughs> Are you going to? And instead, the you're doing this. Narrate your right podcast, Tyler. He was on the wrong track. Podcasting with these fools. <laughs> the kid knew he could do better. The very first. Did the kid? Did no. he? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> Uh, they the call me they call me smooth jazz wild now like the PC <laughs> gamer readers because I did VO for a video and of course Evan Lottie our executive editor I had a cold when I did the VO so my voice was extra like this because I had a cold and he comments on the video this is why we call him smooth jazz wild and then that became the top comment instantly and now every article I write. Hey, it's Smooth Jazz Wild. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to be one of those things like <laughs> this where... This is going to be your Wikiparas. Like, where, yeah. where back at Games Radar, I said, don't put hot sauce on your penis, and I still get people tweeting. <laughs> I'm like, it, yes, it is a bad idea. Like, I stand by that statement. <laughs> I haven't changed my mind since then. I have then. not changed my opinions and on hot every sauce. Every once why, in a while, I'll try it to see if I've grown accustomed to it. Why did that come up originally? It was... We were asking people to make, like, a remix... Using like auto tune right, our voices or right. something, and I, I, I know it turned into that. But like, well, why well, did you initially say don't put hot sauce on your? Because penis? I was trying to think of something to say that someone could remix. Oh, and I couldn't think of anything, so that's what I said. Put that, put that cookie down. <laughs> 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 now that's going to be yours. Yeah. Now put uh, that cookie down. It's already done. <laughs> Jingle all the way you? references. Yes, yes. yes, nothing but. Popular, good stuff that yeah. people care about. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I played Bastion, I swear though that like that guy's voice—if you've ever seen that Sonic Jam video, it's the guy playing Sonic the Hedgehog on easy mode, and it's the very simplified. I'm, I'm sure I've sent this to you guys, but it's a video where it's just like a guy playing. Sonic, <laughs> I don't watch half the things, he's but he has the exact same voice where it's just this very. And his name's Doc Future is the guy's name, but he does these like. Uh, I like, don't let's think that's play his video. given name. <laughs> it's that's not his actual name. But no, it's the exact same voice, and I swear to God, I thought it was him. But the kid ran really fast. <laughs> kid ran through a loop. Like, Sometimes Sonic <laughs> doesn't want to be judged. He doesn't want to fight enemies. He needs a little invulnerability. He's just going to walk through the cellar and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> Green Hill Zone is just a fun place to live. And it's Are there happy little I, clouds? I think yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, Bob it's, it's very Bob Rossi. Yeah. Bob yeah. Rossi. Yes. Bob, 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 Bob Ross ish. Why did I say Bob Hope? Although I think we used to have Hope Cash and Jobs, but now. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, that's right. I don't have any. But now Steve anymore. Jobs and Johnny Cash are dead, but Bob Hope is too, so it's a wash. <laughs> We're you all fucked. You can't see the gun fingers in my mouth, but. Uh, I think Bob Ross really, like, his paint. Yeah, painting was great, but he wasted his voice. I mean, if he had just done it, like, every audiobook. I would have every audiobook and I would listen to them nonstop. How do you know he didn't? How do you know he's not still working <laughs> under the pseudonym Campbell Scott? Good question. <laughs> I don't I, I I can't imagine they actually sound anything alike, but I just I want his voice in my head all the time, Bob Ross, just telling me everything's okay. Well, I'm almost out of beer, so I feel like this last clip that I have for Bastion right. is perfect to take us into the break. Good call. So kids worked up quite a thirst by now, so that fountain looks real inviting. Sometimes you just need a drink. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases. Stay tuned. Ooh. God's ain't going to help you, son. You'd be sorry for what you've done. Then God's going 
Hey, Anne. Hey. Are you enjoying the show so far? I'm having a lot of fun with it, yes. I've been thinking. I'd really mm-hmm. like to be able to support the show somehow. Oh, shit. Well, there are a ton of ways that you could do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's what's one of them? Head over to vidjagameapocalypse.com. That's V-I-D-J-A, Game Apocalypse. Learn how to spell those last two words. Could I also words. go to videogameapocalypse.com? You can, because we got that one, too, just in case Vidja is too hard. Fantastic. You can also go to lasertimepodcast.com. Oh. Much easier how to revolutionary. spell. How revolutionary. All those will take you to the same place you can find our podcast find our forums tell us how much you like us if there's anything you don't like anything we can change and then you can also donate to us yeah what happens if i click that donate button is there anything i should know if you're gonna donate to us make sure you put vigigame apocalypse in the notes so that we actually get the money and not like laser time or k prices or one of those <laughs> those other just suck <laughs> hi guys <laughs> hey guys don't listen to this <laughs> and if, if i listen to the podcast on itunes uh what's the best way to interact with it from there Ah, oh, you should totally subscribe and then give us five stars as soon as you find us on iTunes. Just five stars. Give us stars. six stars when they implement Yeah, that. give us more stars if you can possibly find a way. Like, make a bunch of accounts on iTunes just so you can star us more than once. Wow, I'm going to do that immediately and yeah. write a review that no one will ever see. Hey, I read <laughs> all of those and they are heartwarming. They are. I read they? every one of those. Aww. <laughs> So the, before you buy Lou Bega's Mambo Number no. Five for ninety nine cents, think about giving that ninety nine cents to. Uh, I think it's actually one twenty nine now. They have that one twenty nine. You could give that one twenty nine to us and get our show for free. Yeah. And I will torrent you Lou Bega's Mambo Number no. Five personally. Yes. Hit me up. <laughs> Thank you, mysterious stranger, who we do not endorse. Goodbye. <laughs> and back to our show. Gods ain't gonna help you, son. You'll be sorry for what you've done. Them gods gonna hurt you, son. You'll be sorry for what you've done. You'll be sorry for what you've done. Thank you. Maybe I was right. Nobody knows what happened to Henry all those years ago. But whatever it was, he didn't deserve it. Hey, that's Christopher Walken bringing us into uh, <laughs> more Vigima Game Apocalypse. Uh, we're going to buy that URL too and Vigima make you spell it. Have fun. Spell that. Apocalypse. Uh, it's just going to become like someone scatting. Sure. Is, is that like scatting as in scat singing or shitting? Scat singing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Both. At okay. the same time. I realize that Ugh. I really hate the word scat just now, so now I'm just really uncomfortable. It's oh. also when you're a bird shitting out a pellet yes. of leftovers. Sorry it's to tell like you, dear. When you're two years man. old and you say scat cat and then it takes a dump, you made <laughs> that happen. Can, uh, I, can I add an honorable mention to the narration? Sure. Uh, Mickey Rourke from Rogue Warrior. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's all. good. There's a song. That, that also could have fit in with our, our first theme, which was uh, just games that are really sweary in funny ways oh yeah true yeah uh so anyway we're gonna we're gonna talk about new releases mm-hmm. uh and it's been uh, as some of you are aware we actually recorded our first two episodes a couple weeks in advance because we didn't really know when we were going to start posting yeah. but we do now we we're aware of our schedule and so we're going to use this episode as sort of a recap to talk about all the stuff that released between uh when we recorded our last episode and now so 
Uh, if you listen to episode two, you heard us talking about like, oh yeah, next week will be really great because like Sly Cooper and Dead, Dead Space, Space Three are going to be coming out. I'm going to do the whole podcast in this voice now. Um, do it. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Sly Cooper. Okay, uh, wait. I, I changed that my mind. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, Sly Four: Thieves in Time uh, and Dead Space Three, and Sly I'm, Four I'm was real- unceremoniously dumped. Yeah, I that game had that. absolutely no promotion whatsoever, and I had literally no idea it was even out until Brett yep. mentioned it, and I was like, "What? No promotion?" And it was pitted against the only other game people were looking forward to. Yep. Uh, on any platform, uh, Dead Space Three. So I mean, but if you, if you have a chance to pick up Sly Four, I mean, it's forty bucks. I think it's really good if you enjoy Sly Cooper games. Some people have called it inoffensive, which it kind of is. It's like, yeah, there's nothing really that's driving me to be excited about this. But it's a it's a big adventure with you know semi open worlds filled with lots of cool stuff to ferret out. And it's ferret out. I get it because, <laughs> because animals. animals. Because, yeah, yeah. It's no spec offs the line. It's inoffensive. <laughs> I I would pay so much money to see Sly Cooper do a spec ops the line sort of story. Where he gradually becomes the monster. <laughs> <laughs> he goes feral. Oh. <laughs> All of his friends die and he's left beaten and bloody. <laughs> and he finds out there was never a clockwork. It's been him the whole time. <laughs> uh, I want to see him do no Russian hmm. in uh, uh, Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's uh, embedded with a... Uh, a gang of um, what, what? What would he be embedded with? Like, what? What would the criminals be? I guess bulldogs. Sure, a gang of bulldogs. Weasels. Weasels. Weasels are always the bad yeah, guy. Weasels yeah. 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 Weasels. Weasels. Sure. weasels. Weasels and giant rats. Yeah, shooting up a bunch of innocent raccoons. In the new games are like I think the first oh, real. Raccoons are furry bandits. They're so cute. Area like there's there's like rats and monkeys and cranes and uh, warthogs. Hmm. So no no actual weasels, but whatever. Um, so yes, he's embedded with a, a gang of actual criminals and they start shooting up an airport full of adorable cartoon furries. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably rabbits that they're shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, come and, on. and Sly is helpless to do anything about the situation yes. because if he shoots the terrorists, then it's just a mission fail and he has to start over again and prestige level. <laughs> um, so anyway, any, anybody uh, else catch that? Catch like Sly? the game? Not yeah. yet. I've been playing Dead Space, so... <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about Dead Space. All right, I can talk about Dead Space. I've been playing for like five hours, and I'm still not on Tavalantis, so... Wow. But apparently that's good, because yeah. once you hit Tavalantis, it's uh, it's not great anymore. Yeah, what, I, what I've heard from a friend of the show, Charlie Barrett, and executive editor of At Gamer, is that, yeah, it's, it's, it's all great... For, for while you're in space, and mm. then when you're no longer in space, it's terrible. It's um, just just an it's basically gears of war at that point. We talked, you and I talked about this a little earlier, Michael. But one of the things that I noticed playing this game is when I first played one, all those scares were still new to me. So it was still something scary, and the atmosphere mm-hmm. was great. And the atmosphere is still great in three. Like it's still eerie, blood everywhere. You hear noises in the vents and all Mostly that. Mostly oxygen, not. Helium or anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except for when you go out in space and yeah. then you have... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're... <laughs> but the scares in 3 aren't new anymore. There's not... It's not surprising. You walk by a vent or an air duct, you know something's going to jump out of it. You see a body mm-hmm. on the floor, you shoot it because you know it's about to get up. I mean, that stuff was really cool in 1, and if I had never played a Dead Space game, some of this stuff might spook me, but I've played both the other yeah. ones and none of this is frightening well, anymore. It's like you see you see a vent and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to skirt around it while aiming at it. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to trigger unless I get close. Okay, I'll right. get up close to the vent and monster comes out. Uh, bang, bang, yeah, bang, bang, yeah. bang. You're acknowledging the game design decisions and that, uh-huh. that takes away any mystique. Yeah. Well, that, that I find happened. that the problem with horror games is when you can see the game, the designer's intentions, mm-hmm. yeah. it immediately becomes unscary, uninteresting. To, and that really for me, that happened in one, though. Like it, A little like, bit for me, too. It was a little scary at first, and then I got used to the monsters, and I got used to their patterns. And then, like, the whole series has been like, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. But here. in one, at least the, the ship, the Ishimura, was more open. Like, there were certain areas. I remember, um, it wasn't an atrium, but there was, like, an indoor green room type thing. And, hmm. and there were a lot of areas in this giant room that you couldn't see. And so things would come around corners or they'd That's come true. out behind you. But in this game, it's a lot of really long corridors. You know when something's going to happen. You walk into a room. You can see every vent in the room. Yeah. It's just there's nothing. Yeah. It, they just lost I'm something. I'm surprised more like horror game designers don't play with this idea of it's technically a bad game design decision, but change the rules halfway through. Change the AI behavior suddenly. Because mm-hmm. that would freak me out if suddenly everything started acting different and like, you know, but well, technically that's a bad idea for a game. But see, they did do that with three. They do that because you've got human enemies this time. Yeah. Well, and that so the, changes the, the, the but AI. But the change is like it becomes much more banal and much yeah. less. Right. Scary. What I mean is 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 get the player used to monsters acting a certain way and then suddenly change it and have them act differently without any you know and th- that would surprise me. But I feel like no, they want to play it safe. They don't want to like they don't want the players' expectations to be messed with. Well, when but they should mess well, with us. When you're on Tavalantis, the the monsters do change a little because there there are no vents for them to jump out of. They jump out of snow snowbanks. <laughs> there are no longer vents, so there's another game design. Uh, yeah, trope yeah. But I mean, well, one one tried. thing you mentioned uh, when you were talking about that uh, it kind of threw away some scare opportunities from mm-hmm. the first game that were really good. One thing that struck me, and I, I kind of wish I'd recorded audio of this, was you remember. In the first game, when you'd go out into space in mm-hmm. a vacuum, and like you couldn't hear anything except like what you heard inside your yeah. own helmet, yeah. And so it was really scary when all of a sudden a monster would like come out of the periphery yeah. with no sound mm-hmm. and attack yeah. you. Three, listen, you can hear them. You can hear in space. Yeah, you can hear them. You can uh, hear the monsters. In space, that was, and that was you such a clever. In in space, <laughs> you can hear them can scream. Hear them. <laughs> yeah. That was such a clever idea in one. Like that to me was the most. That was. The, the biggest moments yeah. for me where I was in space, I was like, this is scary. And they're handling space right. That's so cool. Yeah. And I, ima- I imagine somebody was behind the scenes going like, what the fuck? You, you don't want them to be able to hear in space? Yeah. Like, it's a video game. Like, but you can't hear in space. Oh, fuck. You could hear in space in Star Wars and that made a billion dollars. Make them hear in space. Yeah. I do. I do Someone like that. I want to hear an explosion it. in space. I, I've heard some people complaining about the crafting system, but I actually kind of like it. Just because now I have, within the first hour of the game, I've I've crafted two of the best weapons that I'll probably keep for the whole game. So well, the, the, the what know, they're I complaining like about is the uh, the I guess you can't really call it freemium, but the microtransactions. Microtransactions, yeah. yes. Oh yeah, that is a thing that. Yeah, and uh, there's an interesting quote from one of the developers saying that like, well, you know, you, you've got people who are used to playing on smartphones and uh, they expect microtransactions as a shortcut to success. Oh, they don't want to have to earn something. Yeah, no, That's his, his excuse. His reasoning was some people want instant gratification so they can have it. Other people. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know, you can't ignore the fact that putting something in there 
is is a temptation for people who don't necessarily want it. It does change the dynamic, even if you don't use it. The fact that it's there changes how you mm-hmm. feel about it. That's how I felt about the Diablo 3 auction house. Like, oh, I could grind for something or I could just buy it. I'm not going to buy it, but the fact that I could makes me not want to work for it. I seem yeah. to remember yeah. you buying things for Planetside 2. Yeah, I bought a lot of stuff <laughs> in Planetside 2. But that was fine because it wasn't a game about... It's not a game about progression. It's also that's a true. free game. That's another key yeah, difference. That, like, if you're big buying stuff in a free game, that's very different from buying stuff in a $60 And, and it's yeah. a multiplayer war game. It's not a game where progression through a story is part of it. It's like you just, you're, you know, yeah. have the stuff you want, whatever. I uh, finally capitulated the other week and purchased a vanity skin for one of my League of Legends characters. Nerd. Nerd. So it's a vanity skin. Does it look like you? Yes, it looks like me. Awesome. <laughs> it looks like uh, it's, a, it's a husky Fair, white a guy with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope they design a League of Legends champion after you. Yes. They really should. The ultimate attack is you just throw the Reddit guy at people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you throw out Simpsons references and... Yeah, perfect. <laughs> links to YouTube videos that just stab people with the heart. I had a question. I haven't actually played Dead Space 3 yet, but okay. how apparent is the drop-in, drop-out co-op aspect of it? Is you that know, other bro always there? No. 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 Okay. He's not. Now, but if you, he's, if you he play appears... single-player, you will get like single-player story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he appears during cutscenes, but it's like... The cutscenes leave it open to whether he's with you or with whether he's with another team for part of the game. Okay. Or whether you split up. Like, they make it apparent as to, oh, I'm going to go with these guys. Don't ma- don't leave me waiting or I'll meet you here or whatever. Okay. But, yeah, he doesn't when, hang out with you. When he is with you, is there a lot of broing around? No, he's such there? a dick. <laughs> like, well, he, he really is kind hates of a you. Dick. He, yeah, he's, he's always super suspicious. Of Isaac and uh, and then he's like in the co-op he starts to lose his mind because of oh, the markers. Nice, but you don't get to see any of his cool uh, hallucinations. I was I was curious in uh, if you're playing co-op, how does it handle it? Because he he only gets introduced like maybe forty five minutes to an hour into the game. No, I mean he's introduced in the first scene after yeah. Okay. Um, so you start off the game two hundred years in the past on Tal Volantis as mm-hmm. a soldier, right? Uh, named Tim. You know, nice. very common soldier yeah. name. Anyway, you start as this soldier named Tim, and there is no co-op for that pers- first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the game. And then you find Isaac in his apartment, and that's where John Carver enters. Oh, okay. So it is very quick into the game. They huh. just go through that weird tutorial thing where there's no co-op. Is the gameplay between them any different? Between Isaac and the other guy? Um, The other guy, I haven't played him, but he starts off... W- I don't think he starts off with welding gear. Mm. Or uh, engineering tools like Isaac does. Isaac starts off with the plasma cutter and and a submachine gun. Okay. Because so, it's like, I don't know, I have this weird vibe where it's like, the transition this series has made reminds me a lot of uh, that Fear series. Oh, yeah. Because that yeah. game started out like mm. kind of initially I really like creepy. Fear one. Yeah, Fear, Fear 1, one was Fear really one was good, creepy. and then it yeah. just kind of got progressively more muddled into like weird incorporated And then ideas. they added the co-op in Fear yeah. 3, yeah. 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 The writer of Dead Space 1 actually commented on it and he did not write this, and said, yeah. like, he felt it was a, quote, necessary evil for the game to become more action-oriented, but that he liked writing horror, and that's why he's not working on the series anymore. Mm. But I, mean, I thought it was interesting that he even Well, but did the game comment. really need to become more action-oriented? Why is that well, a whole work for He said it was necessary oh, right, for the franchise mm, to... But mass like, market appeal! <laughs> why... 
why is it necessary if you make a successful game for you know, it to quote evolve? Like we can't just throw the word evolve out there and it say it has right. to evolve into every other successful yeah, franchise. It's very it strange. might not be a horror game anymore, but it's still a cut above a lot of other oh, shooters sure. I've played yeah, in recent absolutely. years. So I mean, it's uh, you know, Visceral uh, does make a good shooter. Like they they do. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, this well, is still I mean, a good game. I mean, if I could play that or so. uh, Homefront, I would play Dead Space right. Three. Well, yeah. Well, there's an argue, I mean, uh, that whole argument makes a little more sense when you look at how many copies of single-player-only games you see on the used fucking shelves in, like, GameStop and everywhere else. Because mm-hmm. it's like you see games like Days X and Elaine Noir that have absolutely no multiplayer component whatsoever, yeah. and it's like the first thing someone does when they beat that is they resell it. Because yeah. it's like, I'm done. I'm never touching this again, and it's gone. And, uh, and it's like, I love both those games. I love Elaine Noir and Days X and stuff, but it's like as a business model, it's like you are undercutting yourself so hardcore when there's not some right. tacked-on multiplayer option to maybe tease people into the aspect to look at it in their shelf and go, maybe I'll play that again. When they see Elaine yeah. Noir and Days X, it's like I'm literally never playing it's that Mass again. Mass Effect 3. It's hmm. why mo- I mean, EA, people yeah. criticized EA for saying we're never going to make a single-player-only game again, but yeah. if, I mean, if you're focused on console games, it might be the right decision. And Cliff Blazinski, who's so relevant, uh, <laughs> posted a... Super relevant. Uh, post, well, he posted a blog post about just that, saying, like, I love horror games, but I get why people aren't just making single-player horror campaigns, because they go straight to the used shelves, and... Uh, yeah. It's no true. publisher wants their game on the used shelf. Like, as soon as I'm done playing this, I'll probably try and find somebody who wants to play uh, co-op with me so I can try and see the whole game through Carver's eyes. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I yeah. don't, but I do at the same time. I don't but know. You do. But, but you I know. do. But I do. But I don't. Well, the biz- I mean, to get more just single-player-only games, the business model has to be different and be on PC. <laughs> it's more bang Where for there your are buck, no I guess. And, and you don't have to play a co-op, so Digital quit whining that you yo. get extra stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Whiners. Whiners. It's co-op. Have fun with it or don't. Whatever. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. <laughs> have fun or don't. Gaming. <laughs> Nothing sets the mood like co-oping with the Vegeta 420 XXX. <laughs> yeah. Survival horror game. Uh, that guy's great. Yeah. Hey, so bro, scary. Hey, bro. Come over here. Hey. Oh, bro. Oh, bro. 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 There's bro, bro, more bro, coming bro, out bro, of bro, bro. Bro. Bro, you need to get up on there. Bro, bro get up on there. I would never mom, play a co-op mom, game or someone mom, like that. Make mom, me a sam- mom. mom! Cut the crust off, bitch! Get the collectible. It's over there. Fucking right. I was actually playing Far Cry 3 co-op, and there was a kid <laughs> who was like, Hey, hey, give me some pizza. Hey, just uh, I'll save some pizza for me. No, I'm playing Far Cry. I used no. to do that all the time yeah. with my roommate while we were playing Left 4 Dead, so... <laughs> Literally oh. the character the game wants to kill, the yeah. overprivileged God. white suburbanite. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and he's the guy you're playing the game with. And in between that, this was like a 10-year-old, and, and he would like try to make badass quips. So like <laughs> <laughs> you get this like, you know, high-pitched, quavering girl voice, like Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm I blame Excuse you me? for this. Ed. Why don't why don't you do the impression of the ten year old boy? <laughs> oh suck it, bitch! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what ten year olds say? Oh. Pretty much, yeah. I don't know. My my co-op experiences are the opposite because I play with very, very serious PC gamers. Uh, You don't play on Xbox Live. You play with people who are too mature to enjoy games. Well, no, but I play with people who are like uh, 10 o'clock. You got bogey on your 10 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, "Oh." too serious. You don't have to say, uh, like you're an airline pilot. (laughs) Uh, After you guys did a hunting mission, was he like, 
You've been judged by a jury of your tape peers. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he not that clever, <laughs> probably. No, actually, I don't think ten-year-olds know what those are. When, when it comes to online play, uh, I like to abide by something uh, the great Paul Ryan, not the congressman, but the guy who used to work for Games Radar, <laughs> once said: "When you're playing an online game, there are exactly two things people want to hear from you: good game and thank you." And <laughs> Or something like that. I can't yeah. remember what the second. I think thing there was, was too like, much inflection. That's in it. Your voice. If you're saying anything else, yeah, good game. Yeah, if you're saying you. anything else, don't bother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to hear it unless it's your friend. I sure as hell don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. if someone I know, it's fine. Yeah, I played a game of uh, Mass Effect multiplayer with a bunch of random people from the Midwest. It sounded like they had transplanted there from Australia. <laughs> so, and they talked constantly the whole time, like. Need more mice again. We have fought a wizzy wazzy wizzy wazzy, and I'm like. I need to die. I need to die. Uh, that explains those, those aims you were sending me <laughs> about how all Australians oh. are terrible. I'm just kidding. Australia is a fine country, but this is just the worst combination of like Australian sounding people talking about the Midwest. So it was like, log on a mid-shift in Orbeez tomorrow. <laughs> I love the co-op matches where no one's talking but one guy who thinks he's like the, the you know, the squad leader. commander yeah. and no one's listening to him and he's just like, come on, guys, 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 round the corner, round the corner, come on, guys. And everyone's like doing the opposite of what they, he says because they're like, God, get off your mic. Uh, I just want to play Mass Effect 3. I'm just trying to get my fucking war readiness up. My favorite guy is the guy that takes the lead position when you're playing. He's like, I'm the guy that's going to make the calls, but he continuously makes the worst possible decisions. But everybody does kind of want some sort of leader to go hey, here, go there and do this. But then it's like some idiot 12-year-old that doesn't know how to play the game. He's like, everyone, here, go this. And he'll like, this is League of Legends mostly. But he'll ping the map and he's like, go here, go here. Okay, everyone go here. Everyone fucking dies. God, you guys didn't do it right. Does the exact same thing. Ding, 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 ding. Go here, go here. Everyone dies. Oh, you guys suck. I'm reporting you all. And it's like, I need to stop playing video games. Speaking <laughs> of terrible experiences, mm. uh, let's move up to a more recent week. Oh, yes. yes, yes. With uh, the lovely and talented Aliens Colonial Marines. <laughs> brought to you by the same gearbox that gave, brought you Duke Nukem Forever, not the gearbox that made Borderlands. That's an important distinction. Yeah. To make. Mm-hmm. Really I mean, that's conjecture, but I'm, I'm just judging by the quality of the work. If somehow you haven't looked at the internet in a while, <laughs> not a good game, Colonial no. Marines. No, I, I made the mistake of buying it before the, er, pre-ordering before Ooh, reviews came why out. Why you shouldn't and, pre-order? So that I could talk about it on this podcast. Still and, shouldn't have pre-ordered. And played it, got two two levels in, and just like, this is awful. Yeah. Like, this is just like just aggressively mediocre. Like, there's, there's exactly one good moment in it. Yeah. Uh, and that's like near the beginning of the game, you have to whip out your uh, motion detector, which is, yes. you know, separate from your gun yeah. in a move that heightens tension, much like in Doom 3 when it heightened tension when you had to switch between your gun and the flashlight. That is the closest approximation of that game because yeah. that game is a really crappy version yeah. of Doom 3. So anyway, uh, and you go and when you encounter your first alien, you open fire at him at, and, and then he, he sort of just fades into the wall and then you have to go and track him through this room using only your motion detector while your gun is raised up. And like that that's actually a cool moment. That uh, actually was kind of tense and I was like this this is promising. And then the rest of the game is just this like really 
wrote Unimaginative Bug Hunt. I, I reviewed the game for that gamer, and I swear, like, my initial impression's really good, because the first, like, hour or so of the game was like, mm-hmm. ah, this is all right. Yeah. This is pretty cool. And then it's just like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But there, there are hints at what's to come, like, in the opening cutscene, when the sergeant comes out and starts yelling at all the troops, and his mouth is barely moving. Yeah. And when it <laughs> yeah. is moving, it's not really syncing up with what he's saying. Another thing I'd like to point out, too, is uh, the Polygon in their review pointed out that uh, some of the assets that were distributed for this game that you see in uh, hmm. reviews were taken from the tech demo thing they showed a year or two ago. Not in the game. Let, I mean, I, I was a little shocked because those are way better looking than what you see in the game. Like, the game is not good looking at all. No. Like, some of the lighting stuff is like, that's fine. But everything else is just like... There's a sequence in the game where you're in like one of the power loader things and you're fighting like a big alien. There's like a QTE event. I remember when it happened when I was playing the game. It did the QTE and the alien was standing. Like, you know that thing when the, like, the characters put the model, puts their arms out like mm-hmm. straight when they're they've yeah. fucked up? That's like the default position. The default position. It was doing that standing like 20 feet to my right while my character with the power <laughs> loader was like doing spin grab like <laughs> QTE moves on nothing. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I, I think for me, like the tension is broken. Like this is this is kind of a, a cheap, like not very atmospheric game at this point. Like an hour in, and uh, and then like aliens like popped out and started swarming my AI co-op partner, and I realized like he couldn't die on the normal so, difficulty. Your AI partner is indestructible. Yeah. On hard, he he can die, so or he'll fall oh, over. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, no, you're totally right. On normal difficulty, they, yeah. they are indestructible. And like in, I just remember a second where the alien was taking up the same space he was. And just sort of like standing there, like nice. turning rapidly at 90 degrees. <laughs> and I just kind of stood back and emptied my gun wow. into him. And it's like, oh, well, that was easy. And aside from the technical glitches, like what I've read about it is it totally misunderstands the theme of aliens. Like that the like the idea is that this like procedural, like military men that they under the pressure of the situation, yeah. everything they know and, and all their macho talk like disintegrates. But this is really just like it's macho. Oh yeah, and we kill all the aliens. Yeah, (laughs) and like that's no, that's not the theme of what that movie is about. The the part that I think really irritated me, it's like you know, I get that the Marines in this, like this is supposed to be a little bit after Aliens. They don't know what these are and what they can do, but we do. So maybe don't have maybe don't have more than one thing. Where a character's like, oh yeah, this spider thing was on my face and then it fell off and died, but I'm fine now, so let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know where this is going. Everybody knows where this is going. This is not scary. Yeah. This is, is just pointless. I'm just going to wait bad. for them to pop and then I'm going to open fire. The whole point of the game where it came down to what was one example that I could cite as to why this is lazy was there's a character from the movies who is dead and he reappears in this game and... He is clearly dead in the movies. Like when his character dies, it is like that guy's dead. It's not like he falls off into like a abyss. Yeah. And it's is like that the big retcon. Like I heard there this was is one the big, big yeah. Retcon. It's the big retcon. The big retcon in the game is this character comes back, and when you ask him what happened, he's like, "I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> <laughs> and that's his excuse. Yeah, I heard it's, it's either that or it's it's that or like oh, it's too complicated. And I heard there's one part the, where ooh, someone God goes, brought me back to life. Someone goes, "That's a different story." Yes. No, like, exactly. Uh, practically yeah, yeah. winks <laughs> at the player. Like, mm. It is like, that is the sub-fan fiction wow. of horribleness. <laughs> you just wrote this poorly and realized you wrote it poorly yeah. and then had to figure something out. It's really unfortunate. I, I wanted it to be good. I really I, did. I haven't played any of it, but I'm pretty sure I can sum it up for everybody. Hmm. Perfect. 
perfect. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think I nailed it, right? I and also, every, every, uh, go back and read previews of the game. They were all very, very positive. Why? The stuff the previews were based on is not in the game yeah. and, and looked yeah. much yeah, better. It looked good. And, and was now very, very we different. Know. It's, yeah, it's a rough uh, situation. So that, are you going to say, Mike? You really I, was, I was going to say, I did, uh, I did test the multiplayer because I was reading the game and, you know. I heard the multiplayer Yeah, okay. the multiplayer is actually supposed to be good. There are cool parts of it, but I guarantee you it has no longevity. But the hilarious part was that I, re- I downloaded the DLC stuff for it and you can have monster energy drink logos on your oh, armor yes. as Mike. a space marine. Well, technically God. monster <laughs> would exist as a brand or have existed at one point. Uh, <laughs> go play Natural Selection 2. Although that's... Go play Natural Selection 2. It's an indie game. Uh, multiplayer. It's the same idea. Asymmetrical multiplayer. Go play it. Don't don't. It does don't remind do me of a detail I kind of liked in the campaign. That like mm. you see these laptops sitting around, yeah. and they're like these like super bulky like late '80s laptops with like huge backs that probably yes. contain gigantic battery packs. It's like. Oh, that's kind of a nice. That this is probably how they looked in the movie, assuming they had them in the movie. That, that is the one upside of the game is that visually it's very loyal to like mm-hmm. HR Giger it's, it's Geiger not, stuff. It's not very pretty visually. No, no, it looks like an early 360 or late PS2 yeah. game. No exaggeration. And it looks bad, but visually the design is solid. And no shit, if you want to play a decent Aliens game, go back and play Aliens versus Predator. Yes, that came out from Rebellion. One hundred percent agreed. Yes. Yeah. What, are you talking about the the one from not the most recent one, but oh. the one where you have the three campaigns? See, I'm talking about the most recent one oh, because okay, even okay. that is way better than this. Well, sure, yeah, <laughs> it's not great, but it, it it it's at least a little more atmospheric. Well, the, the thing that blew my mind is when I played the game, I finished the the campaign and I was like, okay, now I start as the alien, right? No, you only play as aliens in the multiplayer, and I'm like, hmm. and then these AVP games, like you play as the human, the alien, and the predator, and each campaign is fairly distinct and has cool moments. This one. Yep. There's really no cool moments, and you play as the human, which is the least interesting class. In this. Yep. Yeah. Here's what decides it for me. I haven't played it. Is it better than Prometheus? <laughs> Prometheus? The, the thing from from uh, spoiler alert. Oh yes. Well, I don't know. That's a good it question. It's supposed to be a real sequel. Yeah. Like yeah. they. That's how they sold it. It's like this is a canon alien. Well, it uh, does have Michael Bean uh, in it sequel. at the beginning. I, so. Again, I don't hate that movie as much as everyone else does, but it's to be fair, movie. I was blackout drunk when I saw it. Movie, so <laughs> I, I saw it on a plane and did not So, really so literally like part it. of the movie is just blackness yeah. to you. I laughed so hard at some point, I kicked the lady's seat in front of me and didn't even think about it. I was just like, ha <laughs> ha, kick, kick, kick. <laughs> like, oh, I'm in a movie theater. That's wow. Really she hates you. She probably still hates you. No. No? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there was that gun thing from Prometheus that's in the game for a brief bit. Like, the thing that the guy sits in. Because I heard thing. they actually rewrote part of it because of Prometheus. Like, they... Like there, are, there are sequences of it that look like they're pulled directly from Prometheus and Colonial Marines. But, again, unless you're the most rabid, diehard Aliens fanboy on Earth, I can't imagine you enjoying that game. You would actually consider it a canon sequel. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing I wanted to talk about with Colonial Marines was the... Reviews because I, I naturally, you know, being a longtime member of the games press, I only checked these after I actually had bought the game, <laughs> played it, and found it lacking. Oh, so wow. it's like, what are the reviews for this? Does it get better? And it's like, five, 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 four, 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 six, five. And then at the very top, there was one nine. Yeah. And I don't want to make any judgments about uh, that review or the person behind it, but I was a little dismayed when I looked at the comments and roughly 90% of them were calling the the reviewer corrupt 
And the other 5% were uh, defending it by saying, it's just an opinion. I, I just wonder, like, you know, why why is it that corruption is the first yeah. well, the first fallback position those are both, of the internet? Those are both the, the wrong things to go to. Like, corruption is the most sensational thing, and... Yeah, it's, it's what everybody an opinion. wants to talk about. It's, yeah. a, it's an opinion is the limpest. Yeah. Basically, you're both really fucking wrong. Yeah. It's an opinion is just a super limp argument. Like, you, you can have a poor critical eye. Like, it's an opinion. It's not a defense. Uh, y- your opinion can't, can be wrong. I mean, th- that sounds stupid, but not every opinion is valid. Just because, just because someone thinks that global warming isn't happening... Uh, oh, that's their opinion. It's fine. Like, no, there's scientific evidence. Like that, you can't just have that opinion and say it's uh, my opinion. Therefore, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can go on Fox News and say that's my opinion. Right. Therefore, I'm entitled to it. But you're not really entitled to it because you haven't done any research and you've ignored all the research. Blanket First Amendment protections, man. You can yeah. say any horrible retarded. I'm thing just you saying want. they're both bad arguments. Like corruption yeah. isn't happening, and it's an opinion is is. Stupid. The thing is, like, when I'm reviewing a game and I give it a score, and then I start to think, wait, maybe that's too high. My immediate worry is that people will look at it and think I have bad taste in games. Yeah. They, I don't think like they're gonna think I was paid off. Exactly. But it's like, but nobody seems to make that judgment. No. It's, it's always sometimes oh, people you like this. Taste. You must have been paid off. Yeah. Mm. Like, what questionable taste in games? What about maybe not very good at doing my job? I, I, always, I don't know. I always worry. I'm scored a game too low. Like, one of the first times I ever got I, yelled I at too. by the internet was for a review that I did, that I gave a game a three. And I, uh, I got publicly called out by you someone on YouTube. Oh, it was wow. Duke Nukem. <laughs> you were right to do that. Yeah. It yeah. was a horrible yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And I liked 3D, so I don't know. But yeah. I hated forever. I went also, back they and went played 3D again after finishing forever, just to make sure yeah, that 3D's I wasn't Just to make wrong. sure, and you're like, and it's oh, still no, an amazing game. It's really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. 3D is still amazing. 3D is still amazing, but forever is fucking horrible. You were a case where they also went to the you're a girl, therefore you don't get Duke Nukem. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did. Therefore, you don't like misogyny. So, which is you're like, right. Uh, I don't like misogyny. I, I loved, I loved 3D. I don't typically go to the jokes, uh, the white knight angle on Twitter, but like accusing a reviewer of not getting Duke Nukem because she's a girl is that is so stupid. I guess that's one that like if you want to like something and you haven't played it yet, you immediately start looking for reasons like, well, your taste clearly aren't the same as mine, so I might like this game right. where you didn't like And that's like you it. scrambling sure. to find qualifiers for your wrong opinion. When I think... Uh, we all wanted to love that game. Yeah, that was the true. best I d- story. I did, yeah. I did really want to like that game. Was the, with the, it was a joke for the longest time. And like, yeah. re- reading GameSpot's review for BMX XXX, like the, the reviewer I remember like got up on some sort of moral high horse about the pornography, and it's like, well, if you're offended by it, then maybe I'll like it. And then I played it. It's like, no, I do not like this game. <laughs> I wish you had talked more about the shitty gameplay and how it isn't sexy at all. A reverse, reverse psychology. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, anyway, we're getting way off topic here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Whatever. But yeah, don't yeah, play aliens. Aliens. If, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna play a game about shooting aliens that's actually somewhat fun, play uh, Earth Defense Force 2017 on Vita. Sick Ooh. transition, bro. Thank Sweet. you. Which none of us played. Nope. So we can't really talk about. Lol Vita. That's but my we comment. like Earth. <laughs> we, we, as a concept, we like Earth Defense Force. You know yes. what? I need a reason to pull my Vita back out since I beat Persona Four. So maybe How I'll get times? that. <laughs> oh, this would be my fourth time beating that game. God, mm-hmm. people love that wow. thing. I guess I need a Vita. Oh uh, no! I guess fourth time playing hey, it. Hey, I've hey, only whoa, I, whoa, this whoa, is whoa, my whoa, second whoa, time whoa. beating it. 
And by the way, Sony is about to announce the Beta XL. As yeah. <laughs> the Beta yes. 3D XL. That's their as big Alongside yeah. the Move 2, now with twice yes. the cameras. <laughs> if you thought it was the PS4, just come on. Uh, you know, yeah. dial it back. It's it's it's, it's a new yeah, Vita. Yeah. It's Ridge Racer. Yeah. It's like Ridge <laughs> Racer! Oh, we're going to bring <laughs> that back? You'll control it with the Move 2 uh, wands, which now have uh, balls the size of basketballs and are filled with uh, motion-sensing beans. Balls, balls the size of basketballs. So Basketball. that they, they rattle when you shake them. Uh, and David Jeff yeah. has got a new game coming out for it. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to this week. Uh, the week you're listening to this in. Yeah, uh, timely. Yeah, we're almost getting done with this stuff. Um, <laughs> probably one of the big releases is uh, Assassin's Creed 3 starts its Tyranny of King Washington this yes. week. Which, again, none of us have played, but I just wanted to throw it out there. We will talk about it next week. Yes, this yeah. does come out the day we are releasing this podcast, so obviously yes. none of us have played it yet. But we Very have, excited for it, though. We have played the two other games that are coming out this week, yes. which are probably the biggest is uh, Metal Gear Rising. Yeah. I watched you play that for like two hours today. <laughs> was it two hours? Seriously? It was like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. my god. That's is this hard. Revengeance? Yes. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Thank you. Uh, and we yeah, made it through what? Three stages in that two hours? Yeah, about that. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it it's fun. It's it's very very platinum. It's very Kojima Productions. Uh, I think you know the, the writing is is very Metal Gear. Like you can have all these codec conversations, and of course that's a, the first thing I mention. You're you're playing as as Raiden, obviously the who's now a cybernetic ninja and is super fast and badass and powerful and, and wears high heels. High heels, yes, very important. <laughs> really. <laughs> yes, and and at one point and a sombrero. He runs so well in them. He and has he, a, he has an unlockable sombrero costume. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm purchasing this. <laughs> that is it's canon. He wears it in a cutscene. Great. Uh-huh. Excellent. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, How racist is it? Extremely. Okay. Not very. Actually. Does he have that a white part, Dante wig for us? Huh? Does he have a white Dante wig falling his head underneath <laughs> the umbrella? He's like, not in a million years. <laughs> if I were making that game, there would be a scene where he was like slicing up fruit and the ShamWow guy was like narrating. Mm-hmm. Like, well, about all it's missing is a ShamWow narration because he does slice up giant watermelons. There you go. Is there any fruit ninja references But whatsoever? not cats. No. Well, mm. not that I've come across yet. Are iOS but, games not big in Japan? Japanese uh, listeners, please let me know in the comments if <laughs> iOS games are big. We have that many Japanese in listeners. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's a very it's a very hacky slashy game. Obviously, um, you know, you have a lot of forward momentum. There's no real blocking. You just have to parry by slashing. Uh, and of course, the coolest uh, f- feature is blade mode, which lets you slow down time, zoom in, and just hack the shit out of everything in multiple directions until you have literally sliced it to ribbons and you get to watch it then fall apart in front of you and uh, make a little death speech I and like that's lying in pieces. I love Platinum Games, but when I was watching you play this, the combat doesn't seem to change very much. Uh, it's pretty shallow. That really um, does seem to be the only really interesting part about it. Yeah, well, it didn't change very much when I was playing it. You do unlock certain things, like when you defeat bosses, you you earn their yeah, weapons. Yeah, I, I did see that, And then you, yeah. you earn, use them as a secondary thing. Uh, you can so unlock new moves and combos. 
But for the most part, it's it's very much about mashing buttons. It's about quick time events. And uh, I think the thing that annoyed me the most about it was that you will be getting stunned constantly. And then it makes I you like waggle it. the joystick to recover. Oh, no, never do that. No, I waggle so violently never. that that's how I, yeah. and it's I, like, I break never. controllers I, I, that way. I put my palm on the stick and just like wave mm-hmm. it, like just vibrate it. And it's, it's like, like uh-huh. I hate having to switch my grip uh, on the controller my just to get out of your mechanics. fucking... Bullshit. So, might I understand it's more like DMC than a Metal Gear game? I, I actually enjoyed DMC more. No, I know the gameplay is But it's rules. not a really a Metal mm-hmm. Gear. It's not a stealth game at all. It's not. Uh, there, are, there are stealth aspects, like when you're, you, you, there are areas where you sneak around, and if you Can are seen, you will assassinate be. People. Yeah, you'll, you'll be swarmed okay. by a bunch of dudes. And I, I love the fact, one thing you, you learn after a while is that anytime the game slows down, that's an invitation to go into blade mode and just cut the shit out of everything. So, like, you stealth right. assassinate a guy, and there'll be a moment where it just, like, dramatically slows down for no reason. And then if you go into blade mode, it's like, oh, okay, you pull your sword out, and then you can, like, cut the guy to pieces and, and reach in and grab the uh, the magic blue thing that makes Raiden heal. But uh, is that this? supposed to be their spinal cord? It's, it's like, they, they explain what it is. It's like a nano-paste dispenser that's like in all cyborgs, uh, oh, except okay. for Raiden, and he doesn't have it because uh, <laughs> that would have bogged him down too much. So instead, they made it so that he can just absorb them through his hands. Like crushing it. That totally makes sense. Paste. I wish Blade Mode made uh, him turn into Wesley Snipes. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not a half, he's half vampire. He's a half you vampire. I will say, like, if, if you're a Metal Gear fan, uh, you will find things to, and, and you're invested in the story, you'll find things to like about this because uh, there, a lot of them are optional, but there are codec conversations that you can have with Raiden's various contacts. If you're and a Metal Gear fan, you'll enjoy the codec conversation. They're actually kind <laughs> of entertaining. They're they're short and like you know you you talk to this German doctor and he'll start going off about how like how popular splatter films are worldwide and how it's about you know being able to face death from a safe distance as long as he doesn't have a girlfriend. That's why people like fake violence. No, you have a you have a real fake girlfriend. Oh, okay. My have a fake dog. Where does this rank between Vanquish and Bayonetta? Is there is it anywhere on that same? Um, it's sort of like if you mashed up the two uh, and and they gave birth to a weird over the top. Baby that screams a lot. Because I loved both of those, so yeah. He's wearing high heels, so it's like Bayonetta. My it's simpler <laughs> than Bayonetta, but more complicated than Vanquish, I guess. There are some weird idiosyncrasies. <laughs> Among them the voice acting. Oh. Which is kind of terrible across the board. Like you've got you know, the the main villain that I've seen so far has a really kind of cheesy American you know, southern accent and uh like <laughs> Raiden, he, he's kind of, he, he sounds like a dude who doesn't have a gruff voice trying to affect a gruff voice. And then at one point something happens and his voice gets even more gruff. And <laughs> I want if you, those of you who are going to play this, I want you to listen carefully and think of Krusty the Clown when he does his deeper uh, menacing voice. So and ready. you will never be able to unsee that so, so or unhear that. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Subs, not dubs. <laughs> but probably the weirdest bit is this kid that you meet in the Mexican sewers, which are the games I think third level. Chicle, chicle, senor. No, yeah, you 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 have no idea what to expect here. Go for it, Anne. We are Guyanese from Guyana. You speak English? Uh, yeah, I'm from America. Call me Ryan. My name George, like Georgetown. George. And just like all damn America president. 
<laughs> what is he Jamaican? Uh, he's he's Guyanese from Guyana. He's from Guyana. He talks like that. He like really. Just, yeah, he he peppers his speech with like this really fast, bizarre slang. <laughs> he sounds like a guy in his thirties trying to sound like it. Yeah, and this is this is like like literally a ten year old kid, a ten year old boy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what you should picture in your head. I'm ten years when you old. Hear this. Yeah, Jamaican exactly. short round. <laughs> but he's just. Like Michael said, he uses some freaking weird slang, like... Oh, we've been living on the street. They can skip for a bug, no? Making skip for a bug? What? For does, a bob. For a bob, that's right. And he's trying to say Get he's right. working for yeah. a quarter. And, and I love it that because was... they subtitle <laughs> not skip for only... A bob. Like, directly what he's saying, and then in parentheses, it's the standard English translation. Yeah, so he's oh. got all these slang uh, they narrate terms, his, or they and then translate. they translate his... his his sometimes oh, that's yeah. terrible. But you 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 will learn that apparently in Guyanese slang, uh, what is it? Jumbi means uh, bad. And... Uh, rasa. He said he used for both dang and or damn and wow. ass and. Well, the next time I deal with shitty. a, a well, Guyanese street urchin, I'll mm-hmm. you have to snuff. No, I know yeah. they did their research. I apologize for making. I'm fun sure of they it did. Calling it, calling it. Kojima's known for its sensitive and accurate uh, (laughs) depictions of because I mean no they're probably right I don't know anything about Guyanese culture I'm sure they did their homework probably if you're a cyborg you know who Day is so that's a ten year old right there that's a ten year old boy that you find wearing right. hospital scrubs with an IV dangling out of his arm yeah. in they a hired sewer. A, they hired Being a 36-year-old a 36-year-old improv actor to uh, yeah. just they just found him in line for an audition somewhere. You know somewhere. who Day is. If you a cyborg, you know who yeah. Day is. He really sounds like he should be like a, a, a magical oracle in a, a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks is more like he needs. Brother. He needs like ten That's inch fingernails. That's what I said. He sounds kind of like Jar Jar Binks. Mockish Caribbean. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, that's sad. Me so, so. Oh, and there's also like you know, Metal, Metal Gear uh, Rising is also it's it's just animated out the ass. I want to say that because like whenever like the Metal Gear trope, and and it may be making fun of this, but there's a trope in Metal Gear whenever you meet a bad guy that like they take an interest in you. And they tell you their life story, and then you tell them some of your life story, and then you fight and you kill them. Yeah, and they name something stupid like Big Boss. Uh huh. Yeah, but this does the same thing where it's like you you meet like the this enemy person, and she's like she tells you about her uh, life growing up in Algeria and how her family was taken away oh, from her, the chick and with she all the arms. yeah she learned that she could kill really well, and she didn't care about it, and like you know if. Jason Voorhees is coming to fucking kill me and he's just carved his way in spectacular fashion through everybody I know and work with. I'm not going to strut out, make a big entrance and tell him my life story while he stands there listening and it's like, but then what did you do? And, and then he kills me. But we want people to know how not xenophobic we are. We know about other countries and so mm-hmm. that's where our characters yeah, are from. we read Wikipedia. But you know, <laughs> I, I rail against Algeria. it, but it's, it's one of the... It's, it's Metal Gear, and it's silly in the way only latter-day Metal Gear can be. And it's it's enjoyable in part because of that, but you kind of have to know what you're getting into. I feel like if anyone you... was going to intentionally embrace that silliness, mm-hmm. it would be Platinum. Yeah. So I feel like some of that has to be knowing. It sort of... Some of it sort it of does drags seem, on. It but. does seem intentionally silly in a lot of like the oh, yeah. like the sombrero. That part mm-hmm. seemed very intentionally goofy. Of course, it's intentionally goofy. 
And then the dog, very intentionally goofy, or mm-hmm. K K nine thousand or whatever they call yeah, it, yeah. whatever. Very intentionally goofy. Yeah, it's so, just, I mean, yeah. they're self-aware to some extent. Yeah, I there's, get it. There's a bit where you like Ryden cracks some joke at him, and he like takes it totally seriously. And Ryden's like, "Remind me to explain sarcasm to you sometimes." Like, <laughs> I understand your attempted humor. I just do not find it funny. <laughs> so he's all right. So he's data. Yeah. I want a robot dog. <laughs> no, he's he's like Batman. He's just really no nonsense. <laughs> uh, he certainly does. Batman, sound like Batman hates nonsense. He does. Certainly sounds nonsense like killed his parents. Compared to Raiden, now. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense killed my parents. Nonsense killed my parents. Whoa. What was that? That was, that was like double Batman. Know. Shao Kahn in the room? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more game to talk about. Yay. We're nearing the end of the list. Um, and that's Crisis 3. Oh, that's a game. Who actually played this game? <laughs> Gee. I wonder the guy who a gamer Indeed. maybe. I played it at demos like a few times. Yeah, but I did yeah, too. I Tyler's played, played it the most, I think. Single player demo, and there we had sort of like a review situation where we had to play at EA's Redwood uh, uh, campus. Oh, so I went down there and actually asleep. our uh, executive editor. <laughs> wake up, Evan. Wake up, wake up. Was oh. reviewing it, but I went down there to play the multiplayer with the multiplayer really fun. Actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, I can't really say much because I'm technically under embargo still. Okay. Oh shit! Well, we'll we be under embargo by two next Tuesday. We can talk about that one. Uh, um, I guess not because it'll be out, won't it? Yeah, it will yeah. be actually. So by the time this is uh, by I the can, time this airs, it will be. I out. can yeah, talk about it by the time yes. this airs. Um, yeah, I played the multiplayer. Uh, one mode in particular was really fun. I can't remember what it was called, but it's like it's kind of the same as Halo's. Was it Hunter mode? Yeah, that's the only one I remember. I mean, yeah, it's it's the same as. Basically, Halo's uh, what was it called? The uh, Halo Three mode, where like pirate ships? Or, no, it's not pirate ships, but it's where like contagion, monkey in the middle, something like that. My, it was, it was monkey in the middle. It's the zombies <laughs> mode, right? Yeah, where you all start as like a, a basic marine, a basic soldier, um, oh. and there are, are a couple people hunting you, and they are cloaked. They're always cloaked, and they they only have bone arrows. Yeah, you, know? um, you have guns, but but they're more powerful than you, and every time one of you dies they become a hunter and your goal is to survive as long as you can yeah. and and surviving is just fun when you know you're being hunted like that it, is a very fun it's fun part. to hide and 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 when you get a kill on a hunter like that's just intrinsically exciting because they are supposed to be the more powerful you know they're cloaked and would they're you, powerful would you say the hunted have become the hunter um, only when you die, because then you literally become the hunter. That's how the game mode works. Like, I can only think of bad movie taglines. Um, that was really fun. Uh, the other, the other multiplayer modes are fun. Like it's Crisis. Um, you know, the way it was described to me was it's uh, Crisis Two Part Two. It that like that going back to the open world roots, not so much. It no. has, so Crisis it 2, has 10, evolved 13, from doesn't... Crisis Two, but not by it's like a lot. It doesn't really game, sound that appealing but... though, because I didn't think Crisis Two was very interesting. Right, exactly. Crisis Two wasn't that great. Well, it's still a good shooter. It's just like, hey, Crytek, you know, I mean, like, blow us away, and I, I don't know what they necessarily did. I mean, it looks mm. gorgeous. Although there's like this European but... invasion going on right now in the U.S. Um, <laughs> Where THQ went under, everything was sold, and the to uh, Coke or Coach or however it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, the one studio that was not sold, uh, creator of Darksiders, um, mm-hmm. Vigil, Vigil, uh, they were not sold, 
And then Crytek came in and hired all their ex-employees, <laughs> almost all of them, and formed Crytek USA. And then just recently, Wargaming.net, creator World of Tanks, big European company, came in and grabbed gas-powered games. So there's kind of this trend all of a sudden of like big European developers coming in and, and, and snatching up failed U.S. developers. <laughs> um, so and, and Crytek's talking about a free-to-play future and, uh, and all this stuff. So I, I think this might be the last like crisis as we know it, so... Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an it's, it seems like an okay game. Not a bad thing, but I mean, you really, and I really, really fucking pretty, really fucking pretty. You and I played a single player level. Oh yeah, a few months ago. There were a lot of problems. What well, the first problem was that at the event they had this like uh, up lighting, and I put my bag down. Oh, yeah. on the light and set your bag on fire. And uh, about twenty <laughs> minutes into playing the demo, we start to smell smoke. And it's, uh, <laughs> It's my leather bag burning because I set it on top of a halogen light. <laughs> nice. So that was cool. It added a little atmosphere to the... Uh, <laughs> to, They're like, no, let it burn. Uh, I want to smell this. To the mezzanine, which you both know. That's where we were. And, oh, uh, lovely. Yeah, I, set, I, set, I almost set the mezzanine on fire. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, but we played it and like we got super lost and there was a bug where our objectives weren't showing... Yeah, we couldn't figure out whether it was a bug or maybe we had somehow turned it off or it was our difficulty yeah. setting or something. But well, yeah, first I tried to play it on the highest difficulty, which oh yeah, that was fun. That didn't work. <laughs> um, I would just die instantly. But <laughs> there were some cool parts, like just lost in tall grass, beautifully, beautifully rendered tall grass. So lost in tall grass, no objective marcher, no ammo anywhere. We were totally out of ammo. Trying to find our way. It was kind of survival way. horror-y for a while, which I didn't expect. No, from it wasn't horror-y, but no, but I mean there. It wasn't no, but I mean, scary, but it was There were monsters horror-ish coming game. at me, and I didn't have any ammo, and it was like, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, bottom line, is Christ. this, based on your experience, is this something you'd actually recommend? Uh, Wait for it to go on sale. Uh, yeah, you know, I haven't played enough Crisis in general to recommend or not recommend it. I haven't played enough of three. I haven't played enough of one or two. I have played both, but. I played both. Both, and I would say wait for this to go on sale. Like I would, I would give you uh, here. Here's my uh, like super cliche uh, uh, game writer thing. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's a solid shooter, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not going to woo over people who aren't into it. But if you're a fan of the genre, yeah. why don't you go there ahead and try it out? Bow and arrows in stealth mode are cool. Yeah, the bow, the bow, cool. the bow is cool, and the fact that you can adjust like the bow strength. It, there's Crisis of cool fans stuff. of one ages will love it. Here, here how about this? Read PC Gamer's review mm. oh. and uh, see what you think. That's the most there cliche response of all. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> and well, that's all I have to say. One thing you said about it, uh, it's, it's not blowing us away, made me think, well, maybe they're waiting for something else to, to start blowing us away. And that leads us into our next segment, which we'll introduce with this music. All right, you all know what that music means. That means coming attractions because you went to the movies in the 70s, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, probably the biggest news uh, that's happening this week is uh, by the time most of you hear this, you will already be aware of what happened at Sony's uh, February 20th uh, mysterious PlayStation-related <laughs> announcement. We are not. Because we are are recording this several days in the past. The show actually isn't live, surprisingly. Surprisingly. (laughs) But here's the thing. I really like listening to people speculate about something after the fact 
after I know that they're wrong and I can laugh at their speculations as being ridiculous or marvel at how clairvoyant they were about certain things. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to speculate on the events of February 20th and uh, say what we think happened and uh, what we think it'll mean. And we'll talk about the actual news next week. Yes. We promise. Once but, we know uh, what it is. But for now, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we already mentioned it's Let's for sure going to be the Beta XL. Right. Yeah. 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 3D and XL. Move 2. Move, and it's going to debut new, alongside Move 2. New and improved Home. I know home, everybody's yeah. really excited about that. Home, home. 3D finally supports now with seven times 3D. the H. Only makes me want to shoot myself in the head twice. <laughs> but actually, I think they will acknowledge their failures, and and presumably their announcement, of course, will be the PS4. And with acknowledgement of their failures, I would hope. I would hope they're not that blind to like not see that home failed and, and that a lot of features of the PS4 failed or Wh- PS3. Wh- where yeah. is this acknowledging their failures? No, I <laughs> this is Sony we're talking. Yes. Oh yeah. right, oh right, right, right. That doesn't they, happen. They don't acknowledge they their failures. S- they, they spin it in a positive yeah, way. They underline uh, their successes. Yeah. I just think when it comes to losing money, they can realize they need to change something. I don't know. But I think the problem is that it's Japan and it's Sony, so they have an army of lifer engineers that still dictate every aspect of their products mm. as opposed to people that understand UI design and stuff. So they're right. still going to make tech-spec-obsessed garbage. Right. They didn't, like, fire Not garbage. Everyone. I'm sorry. That's too hard. Like, rather than yeah, going, like, look, you PS3, guys failed. So. I have never owned a PS3. I've, I've, I have room? three in my room right oh. now. My roommate has one, and I have used it for every PS3 review I've I, ever needed. I have one in my car. You can have it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> serious. Yeah, do you want one of mine? Like I said, <laughs> They're <three>. basically <laughs> like pebbles that you might like. You just, yeah. just take one. Finally. Finally. I'm a late adopter, I guess. You but make anyway. a good point. <laughs> PlayStation like, 4. They probably haven't just gone and like fired the team that made the PS3. It's the same team, probably. Uh, designing this, right? Well, so, what did they design? Well, um, I'm not really sure. They, that's the thing. Like we've we've <laughs> we heard everything. <laughs> most most of what we've heard is like, well, this next generation isn't going to be a huge revolution. It's not going to be the jump that we saw, like from PS1 to PS2 or even PS2 to PS3. Uh, it's going to be kind of just a refinement. Like it's going to be what what I've been hearing is like it's going to be like a high end PC. It's going to be a little better than what we have now. It's going to have more RAM. It's going to have fewer problems. You're making a face. (laughs) It's just going to be like a high-end PC, which you could have now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for like $3,000. And then you buy the games on Steam. Or I could buy a PS4, presumably for for $400. Which is is $599 US dollars. $599 US dollars. You guys remember that video? Oh, no. Why don't you tell us more about it? Did so, it have any giant enemy crabs? Well, see, the giant enemy crabs now are going to be in 3D. Oh, yes. stereoscopic. We can 3D already have 3D crabs. crabs. Yes, with, anyway, with today's technology. About thirteen hundred dollars, and that's including monitor, keyboard, mouse. You can get a PC Play Crisis on Maximum. Yeah. Fine. I checked eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, in I don't want to do that. No, so. that sounds boring and expensive. And thirteen hundred dollars is still categorically PS4, more than so. four hundred dollars. Yeah, true. but that's assuming you already have a TV. If you had to buy a TV with it, and I'm saying with a Who? monitor, most American homes do not Who have televisions. Doesn't have a TV. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, not to get into the nitty gritty of this don't argument. Have a mo- fine. What do you use your computer for, though? You just have a dedicated gaming computer, and you literally use it for nothing else, right? No, of course exactly. you don't. I use it for all kinds of stuff. I have a laptop that I use for anything not gaming related. Well, that's your prerogative. A shitty, shitty laptop. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, they're kind of saying that about the next Xbox, and like it'll be like a high-end PC, but 
as far as the PS4 goes, it won't be a, like a high-end PC, I think, because I don't think Japan understands the internet or digital distribution, which yeah. is where they need to go, yeah. I think. like It should have a one terabyte hard drive oh. minimum, and you should be able to download every game. They might understand digital distribution better than you think if uh, rumors Ooh. about used games being locked out end up being true. I just think physical media, they're not going to abandon it. Not, no, not no, no, I'm not saying not they're, they're going to abandon physical media. I'm saying they're going to lock out used games. Yeah, yeah that, they are. I, which is a... Is something that a lot of people have problems it's, with. It's it's kind of weird because I remember this rumor coming up uh, with the PS3 as well. Like people were convinced it's gonna lock it's gonna lock out used games. It never locked out used games. So I wonder if like is, is it really happening this time or is this just paranoia and the internet? It's paranoia. It's, paranoia, it's totally paranoia, but it does paranoia. seem more realistic for the PS4 than it did for the PS3. Sure, but, but it also seems like this is a more serious conversation in the gaming media that's happening at higher levels than it did seven years ago. Yeah, it's just the stupidest yeah. half step though where it's it like really is. why wouldn't you just go to straight digital distribution instead you make a horrible physical outdated format that's locked out and actively punishes its user base it's like that's the worst possible decision you could make if you make a downloadable digital nobody cares they realize they can't resell it or trade it to someone yeah. else yeah right and it's just Pe- accepted it's people like, are it's fine. okay with steam even though people would be angry about steam if there were another option on pc but yeah you origin? know i mean valve is well no, but, <laughs> or, but or, <laughs> origin's the same thing only no one wants it um <laughs> but you know uh valve is just gonna destroy if the, like pc is getting more popular and if they don't go to like if i can't just download a game when i want it like people want instant gratification and the idea of waiting for a box copy to come is going away. Let me relate a small story about how I spent the better part of two days trying to find a physical copy of Fire Emblem Awakening for my 3DS <laughs> Only two week. days? You were lucky. I watched uh, Chris Slate and Chris Hoffman, formerly of Nintendo Power, try for weeks to find a copy. Insane. Yeah. Well, waiting outside a, a physical retailer, sorry GameStop, but like it's not going to be a thing yeah. um, for much longer. So, on to the point of predictions. Yes. I have several hard predictions. Let's hear them. I think it is the PS4. We're going to see it revealed, and it will be announced for release this fall. Ooh. I think Ooh, we're soon going to be. We're soon going to be talking about how ballsy uh, GTA V is for going head to head with the launches of Orbis and Durango, assuming those are their names, which I'm sure they won't be. Nah. And I think that Last Guardian is also going to surface. Whoa! Really? I think I think it's going to be a launch title. I think that's why it's been under wraps for so goddamn long. Mm. Yeah, like you think in mid development, Sony, you know, it was just like they decided to make it a PS4 title, yeah. and that's why they just stopped talking about and, it. Yeah, exactly, because they weren't talking about PS4, so we can't. Right. They, they I couldn't mean, say Sony anything. can't say it's going to be next-gen because that's tantamount to an announcement that there will be a next-gen. What if they pour right. Brawl Stars to They've been hiding it. Well, I think that's a must. Yeah. Do you think that that's they're going to announce Last Guardian same day as PS4? Or do you think I that's going to so. follow? I think it's the launch game. Yeah, if uh, fingers crossed in an ideal world, that will be the showcase of the press conference. What do you think right. like the killer feature is? Like what I mean, like it's yeah, every it's, it's better graphics all this, but like what's the one thing like that they're going to say like, every Every console comes with a copy of Earthbound pre-installed. Okay. <laughs> that could be it. That's the killer move. <laughs> well, because I mean, like, midway through the console cycle, the killer feature was, we have motion control now, but it didn't kill anyone except for my happiness. Hmm. Well, you'll, you'll recall when the PS3 launched, the killer feature was Blu-ray. Right. And, which nobody wanted at the time. 
and also the Turns big selling point was $600 is super cheap for a Blu-ray player, guys. You should buy it. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Chris Antista, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Do you think that Sony is going to go away from move towards something more connect based I, I hope there's or connect like actually that's that's another rumor that uh, the Durango the, the the 360 successor will uh-huh. uh, only work when connect is plugged in oh god gross because that way it ensures that the entire <laughs> user base uh, my has house it. is not big enough for that no it's not well my room maybe, my maybe room it'll is be an improved connect that, that will only make stand six feet in front of it instead of ten. Um, I don't even have that, that is, much room. I can yeah. stand on my bed, maybe. Yeah, most rooms where these consoles are in are like ten by ten, guys. And imagine how that plays out in Asia. It doesn't at all. No, not at, at all. all. Um, Good yeah. commercial work, guys. Like, I just, I really hope Sony just kind of abandons <laughs> motion control altogether. Not gonna happen. There's gotta be some sort of touchscreen component. There's gotta yeah. be something oh, you know that's like yeah. touchable. What I'd really like to see is like them announce like, hey, guess what? You know that piece of shit Vita you have sitting in your bag somewhere? That's your controller. That's your controller. Now. The one yeah. I don't have? Not sitting in my bag anywhere? Maybe you should. <laughs> no, but I'm I can see that. You can buy a controller bag, now. So. That's, yeah, right. I could see them kind of like, you know, like taking the Wii U jam and being yeah. like that's wireless, your wireless video to the controller or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. New new Vita, it's got rumble, uh, and it comes packaged <laughs> with every PS4. It won't have rumble. Will there be a bougie deluxe controller and then a standard controller for people actually that want to play games? A bougie? Like a ridiculous Wii U style controller that has a bunch of garbage on it. I sure <laughs> hope so. In addition to the yeah. regular PlayStation style controller. Has a bunch of switches uh, and buttons that do nothing. Switches and buttons and touch They're not actually connected to anything, but just there. And an HD DVD slot and Bluetooth uh-huh. and <laughs> Thunderbolt and 3.0 USB connectivity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's white things. again, like a PS One. Oh man, I'd be actually PS One was sort Silver. of a modeled gray. Yeah, it was kind of a gray, yeah. yeah. No, I was That's a straight true. gray dog. You're wrong. I hope it. I hope it has ballerina <laughs> to They had I just don't want a shiny ass black console anymore. I liked. I liked like. I white colored console. I want ballerina Toshinden and a new 2D Mortal Kombat okay. to be the All launch right. games. I you are the target market of no one. <laughs> I hope it launches with Sega Saturn 2. Here you go. <laughs> the, uh, like the PS2's, uh, I hope it launches with like a Bushido Blade uh, se- uh, spiritual sequel. That would be nice. They did that. It was called Kengo. And it, and was, it was awful. Bad. It was awful. Uh, I hope it launches with a good one. This yeah. one's going to launch with Angry Birds Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Still never played Angry Birds ever. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the J.J. Abrams version of Angry Birds Star Wars, though. <laughs> Lens flare Star Wars Angry Birds. Uh, it's, it, it's difficult to say, though. Like, what do you think, like, we're actually going to have aside from just slightly upgraded hardware? There's got to be some gimmicky controls and, like... If yeah. it were coming later, I would have said, hey, maybe they partnered with, like, someone like Oculus or something, and they're going, like, cool VR, like, future-y stuff. But it, it's well, too soon for that. The Move yeah. 2.0 wasn't exactly a joke. I mean, they did patent new Move controllers that heat and cool based on what you're doing in the game. Hmm, hmm. So, like, you're firing a gun for but a long period of time, that? and your controller will start to heat up. <gasps> or, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't totally a joke. These no, are if they patented it, that's, that means it's... Well, likely. I mean, like Gabe Newell looked into tongue control, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, just because it's patented it doesn't nas- doesn't. He kept testing his tongue controls out in those burger controllers. <laughs> <laughs> he kept eating all the prototypes. Bad joke. Low Poor Gabe Newell. He's a beautiful man. He's a great guy. Um, He's yeah, large, I don't know. Though. I mean, what's gonna make it special? What's gonna make it worth buying? Like we can, I don't know. What's I, gonna make I it use, worth I buying? Use, I use the PS3 for Netflix. 
Why am I gonna? <laughs> what am I gonna use the PS4 for? Netflix? Well, not you. More Netflix. It's not for you. You're a PC gamer, so you don't yeah. give a fuck about consoles yeah. anyway. I usually play on my PS3, and the reason I'm gonna buy it is because it's gonna have games that I can't get for my PS3, and that's it. I mean, that, that, how about a controller not made sense. for tiny people hands? Because I have tiny people hands, so it's way too because small for fuck me. children. <laughs> I no. They deserve you know games. They're not exactly. smart enough. The PS3 controller is the perfect size for my hands, which means it is absolutely too small like, for every other human being. As a guy with tiny baby hands, I enjoy the PS controller. I have tiny baby hands. Boosh, see? Your hands are still bigger than see. mine. Let me see. Wow, they are tiny. Wow, baby. guys. Tiny baby we're comparing hands. Oh, wow, hand size and, and this than is than great radio. Much is so exciting for guys, video game podcast. the best kind of radio imaginable. <laughs> no, I just I don't like I like the 360's offset analog sticks and like I would like PS3 games more if it I just I don't like the PS3 controller at all it all right. doesn't feel good different I, line of questioning yes this is something that like I scoffed at years ago and I'm starting to take more and more seriously and not just because of where I now work but people have been talking for years about how like man consoles are on their last legs man Angry Birds is on iPhone what more do you need yeah. um, and that's that's a horrible line of, of reasoning but at the same yeah. time I kind of feel like we're at a point where consoles are maybe being outmaneuvered a yes. bit. like where you've got something we've just outlasted at, we, we've gotten getting to the end of kind of an exhausting console cycle that's gone on longer than any previous cycle and uh, now we're looking at machines that will probably be around for even longer. Meanwhile, Apple's coming out with new iPads, iPhones every single year. The technology gets incrementally better with every passing and year. people keep buying them. And people do keep buying them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they load up much faster than these consoles that require constant firmware updates yeah. and, and installations. Hey, PS user over here. And, and I'm using one right now. <laughs> uh but that's that's kind of an interesting question. Is like, do you do you guys think that in the next five years we're going to see mobile gaming and tablet gaming get to the point where it actually surpasses or equals what's on next gen consoles? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, clearly, I think. Well, it's it's we're like, going to see portable devices. I mean, we're already seeing them just absolutely dominate what people do in the afternoon and the evening they're using their iPads. The whole crux of the issue for me just comes down to the idea that technology is a non-issue. Like, things are so powerful now and they can render so many things and they can look so good that it's more than people can process. So the whole issue becomes user interface and how easy something is to use, how rewarding it is to use, how smooth and error-free it yeah. is. And that's what people want. That's why people love Apple products. It's good. They're not the most mm -hmm. powerful, but they're the easiest to use or the smoothest to use. And that's what people want. Because technology is to the point now where even the most basic primitive device you have is very capable of rendering any kind of game. Technology that's visually got so good that making things look good stopped being the focus. Like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, technology got so good that we regressed as far as the games we like. Like the games we talk about at PC Gamer are... 2D sprite-based games now yeah. that we're really excited about. FTL Not the, and FTL, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Miami, 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 yeah. and, yeah. and but like you know, but we're talking about those as much as we're talking about Crisis Three. Whereas back in the day, every time something came out that was graphically superior, it was the new hotness, mm -hmm. and we were all excited. Now we're not that excited. Uh, well, do you think we've maybe hit a plateau in terms of what can be done with games? No, you can. I mean, you can make things look way more beautiful than they do now. I know you can because I've seen how they can look. 
yeah. mean, I've seen... Well, that, that's kind of the thing for me. It's like, when my games look as good as a Pixar movie, like, even if it's too expensive and to they make can. Pixar movies, and, and only, like, one or two companies actually do it, but when we hit that point, then I will feel like, yes, we've we've hit a plateau. We've gone as far as we yeah. can go. But I'm, I'm sick to death, and I've been hearing this, like, since before the PS2 came out, people saying, well, graphics are about as good as they're ever going to be. No, they're not. They're going to no. be a, graphics like, can get consistently. But where do you? When do you? When do you hit that uncanny valley where it just starts to get weird? Like well, things look so real that it's hopefully a little bit soon. weird. I mean, if you're going for realism, then you can already hit the uncanny valley. But mm-hmm. I think I think it's it, we have to think not just in terms of like how many polygons and and, and textures and and shaders. But how much you can render on a screen and, and what a better processor can do as far mm-hmm. as gameplay. You know, it's not just how good the zombies look. It's how many thousands of them you can put on the screen at once. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makes a difference with the gameplay. As far as just making something look really good, we'll get there to the point where it's photorealistic and then okay. So it is photorealistic. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, who cares? I think that's the most apparent graphical jump thing I've seen recently. Is just the number of... Mm-hmm. individual characters you can render in any one area yeah. so you can have totally like fluid crowds of like dozens or hundreds of people that mm-hmm. are just moving independently like, that, that's cool a lot of it's about like really good animation and really good lighting like in Mass Effect 3 we all uh, thought like Jessica Shaw's character Ugh. was like it was a likeness of her Jessica who? Uh, Chabot 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 uh, Chabot Chabot Chabot, Chabot. Chabot. Um, who is she? Diana Ellers like, yeah, the one the one crew member that I would not let on my the ship. one crew the one crew member member who doesn't look right and it doesn't look right because it's modeled after a person and like yeah. when they did that it just didn't work. It's weird. And one day it will work and you can just put a person in a game and they'll look exactly like and that her person. chest right. won't look totally freaky. <laughs> yeah, and they'll look amazing. But you know, I mean, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is like, could you render all her facial expressions and mm-hmm. have her move around a room naturally? That's what better processing will do for us. The other issue too is I think I've always come down to the idea that it's it's more about the the graphic design of the game than it is yeah. the technical prowess of it, which is one of the main reasons I don't really like Crisis Three. Is that that game is gorgeous to look at and very realistic, but from a design standpoint, it's not particularly interesting. No, the art to direction me. isn't special. It's art direction, yeah. I mean, that's the idea. But then I see something, you know, like Killer Seven or whatever, or some shmup or just yeah. something that's highly colored and dramatic, and it's like that's what I like to see, and that sort of overrides any kind of like rendering issues. Or but whatever. yeah, but you're gonna end up with like the Steam Box, and you're gonna end up with tablets just getting more powerful, and Apple releasing a new one every year, and everyone yeah. being okay with that. Yeah. I when I I have a MacBook from like two years ago, but when mm-hmm. I got the most recent MacBook that I borrowed uh, to use for something, I was right. like, I want this one. Yeah. The one I have works so fine and it's great. This one is so much better. It's slightly thinner <laughs> and feels great. And it was just like, and it's got How a retina this display happen? and it's amazing. Why? <laughs> I have an iPhone. I, I want to upgrade to the iPhone yeah. 5. Yeah, I want to like, spend another fine. $1,600 on a laptop. <laughs> yep. My phone works fine. And the fact that the home button is broken. Oh, yeah. It's garbage. Throw it in the trash. Ugh. Yeah, get a new one. Good new one. Yeah, I'm kind of happy that I'm locked into a two-year contract on my iPhone 4S because it's like, well, now I can wait for like the rumored bigger iPhone. Right. Well, my my contract just ended, which is why I'm like, oh, I should upgrade. Okay, I, we're tangenting again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's the a good room's topic. Full of tangents. It's, I mean, it's a good topic as to like. I suppose it is. Hey, look, we're diversifying mm-hmm. where we get our entertainment. Like That's true. having a console in front of our TV, it's not as it's, important as it no. was. And that's kind of why they've. They've kind of gone for this, like, we're, we're everything. We're the set-top box. It's an entertainment set-top box, yeah. Yeah, and I think that works to a certain degree, but now, like, everything does that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can buy a little box that specifically does that called a Roku or an Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, I don't need you to watch Netflix. And and what was it, like, uh, one of the creators of the Xbox said, uh, wrote an editorial the other day, like the original Xbox, talking about all the various stumbles that the platform has taken over the last five years and saying, like, <laughs> Apple could kill Microsoft uh, and Sony and Nintendo if it chose to. All it would have to do is add app and game support to Apple TV and it would be over. And it's like, yeah, there's there's a console. Uh, I still feel Apple TV is an inferior product just based on maybe. like... Maybe. I've Apple, never used it. Apple stuff like UI-wise is great to use, but Apple TV is not as great. I'm not a big Se- fan of Apple TV. Secondary yeah. question, though. Do you think the PSN network stuff is going to stay free for PS4? Will it be the same model where they'll have the Plus and then the regular thing? I think thing? PSN will stay free. I really do. I mean... Yeah, they, they, it's that's, very difficult to start charging for something. That's sort of their something. only edge yeah. against... The 360. And that's kind of like Sony's, like the biggest reason to like Sony right now is not only is their network free, but, but plus is actually But it compromises your credit card now. information. Well, no. it, it <laughs> does do that. But no, PlayStation Plus is actually, like, it, it, we started plus out ridiculing it. It's actually worth having. Yeah, mm. and it's, it's actually probably one of the best uses of $50 a year if you're a gamer because you get a shit ton of free games out yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean. And like, hmm. actu- like not just like. You know, Good games. Yeah, like PlayStation Minis or whatever, but like AAA disc games that are just downloadable. And you, know, you get like, special you discounts off of other mm-hmm. games and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's actually a decent service, whereas we spent the first, what, year and a half of its life just mocking it. I mm-hmm. mean, it wasn't worth it up until they were like, oh, we're totally, you know, overhauling yeah. PlayStation Plus. I hate, and to I, have, this. I hate to be like, sorry, go ahead. I have two more concrete predictions I'd like mm-hmm. to make for February 20th. First is that uh, Assassin's Creed 4 was recently announced. May not end up being called that, but we know it's going to be a new protagonist, new uh, point in history. Uh, going to be released in fiscal year 2014, which starts in October this year. And Ubi has said we're going to see it revealed very soon. I think it's going to be part of the Sony Showcase event, whatever that ends up being. Uh, I also think it's worth pointing out Sucker Punch has not really done anything since Infamous 2. Uh, good point. It's true. What about GTA? Do you think GTA is next gen? No, no, no. Current no, gen? no. No, no I, think, gen. I think GTA is going to be the last hurrah of current gen. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, you're forgetting Dark Souls 2, dog. Uh, dog, okay. come on. Does that come out after GTA? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, Concrete. But yeah, I, I also think we're sort of in a weird place. Like, every time there's a new console released... You kind of get like that cycle for like the next two or three years where the last gen sticks around and like for its first year, it's still relatively strong. And then that yeah. kind of slowly tapers off. I kind of feel like we've gone through that period already yeah, I know. with the current gen. And like now it's it's just that the next gen is going to come out as this console is like literally dying off. This well, console generation. The sort of like solution I've heard is that Nintendo made a great situation for everyone by releasing the Wii U. Which will ensure that when the new generation of consoles release, the last generation still gets games because they'll ma- be making games for the Wii U and the 360 and the yeah, PS3. Yeah, maybe uh, assuming we aren't looking at a Dreamcast style situation where oh, the Wii U could just die the Wii U anymore. They could just die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is how is it doing? Has anyone seen like the uh, NPD where's numbers? Where's that on noise? It? I well, still haven't even touched one yet. So. That's your cue. There's literally one in the next room. There's one in the next room, and you haven't. Tu- I haven't touched it. Well, no, yeah, I've I played it, but I haven't touched it. But why have it? I mean, the Wii was exciting. This wasn't mm-hmm. exciting. No, it's not. This marketed unexciting, uh, worst timing possible. I, I bought name. it for the same reason everybody else did on the promise of a new Zelda and a new Metroid. 
I'll uh, buy it for Smash Bros. When Smash no Bros. Longer, comes out, I, I no will longer buy care it. about Mario or Smash <laughs> Brothers. Those are fucking baby games. For baby. Oh, Luigi God. can suck a dick. Ugh. Uh, I, I want to murder Michael Rapaz <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Nintendo should stop making consoles. <laughs> no, well, you know what? The, people say that, but... No, they, they're very I, successful. I think, or, number one, they see what Sega has become mm, when they stop making consoles. Yeah. They became the company that put out fucking Aliens, Colonial Marines, yeah. and Anarchy Reigns, and, and uh, they don't want that same fate. Don't forget yeah. about their strategy contributions. They're quickly becoming a PC publisher. As, as Nintendo? Sega. Sega. Uh, yeah, that's Yeah, true. they really are. They really mm. are focusing on PC now. They bought some stuff from... Good point. Uh, the, is, uh, THQ. I think I'm off Sega's Christmas card list, but Um, go ahead, Mike. So, like, Warhammer and stuff. As as far as Japanese companies are concerned, though, Nintendo still has fucking by leagues the best grasp of user interface and how to make things pleasant to use and touch and interact with. Like, even fucking around with that Wii U for a minute, it was just like, this is fun. Like, it has a little music, the sound effects are good. And yet adding friends is still a pain in the ass. It's still a huge pain in the ass. they don't understand the the internet. (laughs) Transferring shit from my Wii while adorable... Yes. Took way longer than transferring 512 megabytes of data ever should have. Yeah, that's true. There's a technical hit. <sighs> it's weird because there's a technical hitch to it, but still, like the interaction of it is like this feels fine. Like I, I would prefer this to any PC like transfer to any like, God forbid PS3 issue where I'm dealing with anything. <laughs> like the menus just look good. It feels good. Their UI designers know what they're doing. The technology yeah. is lagging because Japan does not understand networking, but we all know that. Mm-hmm. But then it's just I don't know if they could hook up with Sony's engineers but they'll never will because you know honor dictates such things may yeah. never happen well here, here's <laughs> yeah. the other thing that like you know <laughs> Nintendo's in the hardware business uh, partly because that's hardware's their bread and butter hardware uh, is the reason that they can do things like Mario and Zelda every few years instead of churning shit out every year yeah like you know it, it's it's all subsidized by hardware sales and I think that's that's Something when Nintendo lets go of that, it's going to stop being Nintendo. That's also the reason I've heard that. Like, I, I, you know, I keep saying, like, learn from Steam, go to digital distribution. And the best reason I've heard that the new consoles won't is that uh, they rely on retailers to sell their consoles, and retailers only sell their consoles because they give them all their games to sell. Yeah. And Best Buy and, and GameStop will stop selling their consoles if they're not going to keep them in business with games. So they need physical media because they need retailers to sell their consoles. Yeah. But those That's retailers true. won't be along for much longer. So no. the whole issue becomes... No, they should, they, should be, no, they should be forward thinking, but I don't think they will be. Yeah. Um, I think they will just... Like, the retailers will lobby and they'll do what they need to do. New prediction. Hmm? If the world is lame... Uh, February 20th will just be the announcement that there is a PlayStation 4. We will see no details or demonstrations, and we'll just be told, <laughs> expect big things at E3 this year, guys! Oh, oh that's, that's don't do that. horribly no, accurate. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, no. sorry, don't do that. Uh, and then they'll have a big event at E3, and we'll all go, and we'll all hate it. Yeah, we'll oh, fire at everything. We'll oh, steal prototypes and <laughs> yeah, but hey, we've already. I mean, sell them on the black market. According to Polygon, at least we've already seen the PS4 controller, which is just a PS3, PS3 controller. controller. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did it's hear the that they're keeping controller. six axis, which seems like a strange decision. Mm. Haven't they already forgotten about that midway through PS3's life cycle? I think so. Yeah, that seems yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, 
But they saw like, oh, Nintendo's making games where you hold up the controller and point it at the screen. We should, we should do, do that. that. Yay. Yay. There's no uh, better business model than we should do that. If you guys ever <laughs> say that, you're doing great. That's Keep what working. prompted the six axis in the first place. We should do oh. that. Especially if you're working on the web, what you should do is take two websites you know of and combine. It's like uh-huh. Twitter, but for Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just combine two things that already exist. It's like Tumblr, but for Instagram. Yep. Little known fact, six axis is called six because that's how many weeks it took to come up with. (laughs) (laughs) And axis because of the axis of evil. Yes. Yes. Because Hitler. Because because it was designed by Hitler and uh, Someone make a crappy Photoshop of him shaking his hand while giving a speech, but he's holding a PS3 controller. Yeah. (laughs) The six axis. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't stop it. it. Stop it. Do- don't. Doing- don't. Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> but really don't. But go ahead. So are you don't. guys pre-ordering a PS4? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That's the bottom line. <laughs> the bottom line is we want whatever <laughs> crap is shoveled into our fucking mouths. That's, yep. that's the we solution. Will, we will buy it. Episode. Bottom no matter line, what yes, it I will is, buy it. Because that's who we are. <laughs> yes. I'll buy it and I will get some hookups at GameStop to not make me wait in line for it. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's that's who you are. Careful, because you could get. Shot. Now we're gonna get a bunch of messages <laughs> saying like, "That's not who I am." <laughs> I'm not, I hate PS3. Yes, you are. You wouldn't be listening to this yeah. unless you were just gonna pre-order. Why are you making fun of my voice? <laughs> Everything is personally directed at me. This I always talk like this. Why don't I have any friends? I'm so vain. I probably think this song is about me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving oh. on. Uh, <laughs> we have to. Okay. That's actually a pretty good transition to our community stuff. Um, yeah. We're going to forego the great debate this week because uh, this we had a lot podcast to has on. gone on really long. But <laughs> really it's a, it's a long. We promise it'll return next week unless yeah. we forget that promise, <laughs> which we may. We reserve the right to forget our promises. But, Anne, I, I understand you called some questions from Twitter. I did. That our audience has for us. We've, we've picked out two, actually, because we, we are so short on time. We are really time. short on time. So yeah. we'll be better about this later, but yeah, running a little late. So this first one is from, and I'm going to mispronounce it on Twitter, Kolyarut? Kolyarut? Kolyarut. Chris Chave, I, I believe. Chris, Chris Chave? Chave? Chris Chave? Chave? Yeah, who knows? I'm so sorry. He knows. I'm Cesar Chavez. Sure we suck. I'm Cesar sorry. Chavez asks. You have my permission to call me Reparaz in, <laughs> Reparaz. in retaliation. Or die. Why do gamers hate on annualized franchises so much? So I'm assuming he's talking about like the Call of Duty, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think so. he, he also said that... Uh, Two and three year breaks between right. stories is a bad idea. So I'm, I'm guessing Call of Duty versus Mass Effect, let's mm-hmm. say. Well, I, I think the, the thinking is that annualized franchises, that, that one year is not enough time to properly develop a new game. Yeah. And if you take that route, all you're going to get is a new story and maybe a couple incremental improvements. It's going to be fundamentally the same game you bought last year. When you take a long break between games like, like they do with the Mass Effect series or... Uh, I guess Assassin's Creed is sort of yearly now, isn't it? Yeah, or, or it, well, it's been yearly for a while, and, and I always kind of champion that that idea because it's like, oh, they have such a big group of studios behind it, and yes, I want more of the story right away. I don't want to have to wait, but at the same time, like, kinda we kind of have seen diminishing returns. By... Yeah. And, you, and you think of something like Elder Scrolls or GTA, you see... You know, it's a pretty lengthy gap, but you see a pretty big jump in yeah, quality but, between each. But with mm-hmm. those games, they're not really so much story sequential. He's talking about games that have sure. a s- sequential story um, to them. Most of the annualized franchises don't. 
Call of Duty really doesn't. That's um, true. It sort of does. Well, that's it's staggered no. every other year. No, but it's not. It, I mean, it's Black not Ops a story and Black Ops Two technically have a mm-hmm. story that kind of Modern Warfare, but... Modern Warfare Two, and Modern Warfare Three were all two years apart. Yeah, yeah, that's but true. do you you really think their stories matter? Kinda. No. <laughs> that's, that's like all I play with Call of Duty. I don't give a shit about multiplayer. Right, right, I just but I mean, jump in straight into the event. Yeah, but those, those games Did you jump into two going, oh, I don't remember what happened in one? Gee. I remember Not the really, guy with no. the mustache and the Scottish accent and the bucket hat. That's right, what. So, oh, that guy, yeah. And I think this is more of a thing like five years ago. Mm-hmm. We complained about annualized franchises. I don't feel like the complaints are nearly as yeah. much as they were. Well, I, I feel like maybe Assassin's Creed is the template here because that is a continuous story. That um, it would kind of suck to have to sure. wait two or three years between installments to, to yeah. figure out like how these cliffhangers resolve. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, but I'm, yeah, I am sort of hard pressed to think of another story-based franchise that is annual. Yeah, I really think your introduction to that was good. That just diminishing returns. Yeah, and that's just not enough time to reinvent something enough. Basically, no. if we it's w- narrative-based, where it's like something we're going to do like a sequential sort of like pulp thing, where it's just mm-hmm. like. Here's a story. You want more story? Here's more story with the same essential gameplay with That's, a few. If the gameplay is good so. and you're doing like an episodic thing, like no one's upset that uh, you know The Walking Dead did an episodic format. Fine. You're using that yeah. word though, episodic, which I don't episodic think is ever is used. Different. Yeah, like people think it's different, but it's not really it's when you think about not. it because it's like you yeah, don't have you're to have a new sequel, engine with every like, game. Yeah. I think yeah. it is though. Huh? I think it is different from like a. a you don't a have to have a new engine every game. I mean, Call of Duty's using the same engine. Like, I also think you. You could get away with annualization with Walking Dead because, yeah, number one, it's it's episodic. Number two, yeah, uh, they've they've said it's like it's seasons, like the rest of Telltale's episodic mm-hmm. games. And also, I don't think that that like is very gameplay or technology dependent. Like, no, you don't need but not big inc- incremental it's, improvements. It's far more story dependent than it is. Yeah, so you you can write else. a new story, and as long as that's well executed, you don't have to worry about whether gameplay or not it's not fundamentally the same game. Right, but I really think Call of Duty has executed the gameplay it wants to execute. The engine mm-hmm. can stay the same. It can continue to stay the same, and like and it's yeah, still executing I mean, story, what it wants yeah. to. Story is not as important there. Well, I think in that no, case, maybe it's it's, it's people it saying, is. you know, this isn't imaginative enough. A year is not enough time to really. Yeah. No, I agree. Create good ideas, and to, to its credit, I don't think any game in the series has felt rushed yet. Right. Well, I think what we want to know is that the developer decided the game is done. Not mm-hmm. the publisher, right? We don't want the we don't want to think. Oh, the publisher dictated you guys better get a damn game out in a year, right? And the developer had to rush. We want to think the developer decided that they were done. There's yeah. also that consumer side issue, I think, where you look at something that's sequentially based. I like that, and you're just like, oh, well, they're making these one at a time. When it's like, no, this story is probably already written out and finished, yeah. And they're just piecemealing it out into it's a like way the Lord of the sense. Rings, all filmed at the same time, mm-hmm. really. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're making two Call of Duty games at any given time. They're working on two. And, you know, Two Towers was technologically better than uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, if you look at The Hobbit, what you're going to see is uh, 47 frames. Uh. I mean, there are games like all sports games obviously come out once a year. Right, they're but, doing a roster mm-hmm. thing. But nobody really, like, that's, well, I think that's, that's an annual franchise that's, and nobody gives a fuck. That that's it's, the root of the hatred, though, is because people realized after a while, it's like, we're buying the same goddamn game every year. We're just changing updates. the roster. Yeah. And, you and like done one that online. And, and they had one new feature. Those. That breaks the game, like QB Vision. People will keep buying those. I have a I have a friend who might be listening right now who plays. He's Hi, put Anne's in friend. over 
300 hours on NBA 2K12 or whatever the last one. That just, I don't play basketball well, games. Play games sports are all games. a waste well, of time, though. But, so it's like, I don't know why I yeah, judge that. Whatever, man. man. <laughs> why are we even talking about this? This I is know. stupid. Why am I here? I could be out getting ladies. I'm calling Apocalypse <laughs> on video, video game Apocalypse. No, I totally played NHL games yearly. Because uh, Canadian, whatever, I like hockey. But <laughs> but it was totally okay. Because it's like, okay, every year they update the rosters. And and, and they kind of mess with the features. Things, and and the graphics look a little better. And it's like you're excited to see They what tweak it enough that is. you can care about it every year. Yeah. But honestly, at some point they get to a point where it's like, okay, this is good hockey game. Like this is kind of, it's hard to make, you know, you're translating a sport into a game. This works. I like this. Can you just update the roster online so I can like play the next season? No. And it's like, no, no, spend sixty dollars on a new game. And it's like, well, I don't no. This No, is, I don't want to. This is a weird tangent, but Henry and I love World or not World of Warcraft. WWE No Mercy for WWF No Mercy for N sixty four. But that game had the one thing where its mechanics were perfect. It was incredibly yeah. fun to play, but it also had out. a custom created character thing that lets you create any modern character you wanted. So it had everything you would ever need. It had perfect, fun gameplay, and then it had the ability to create every other character you would ever want and stupid little things like that. So it that becomes an evolutionary dead end for a game because it prevents you from ever buying right. anything again. And it's just like, that's awesome from a gamer's standpoint, but from the standpoint so of someone that's so like... So like, they'll omit like a simulation... Like, they will not make a simulation that would let you enjoy this game for forever. Like, right, there has to know. be an inherent sort of. There's got to be something better than this. Right, they're making. They're intentionally making games where you want to buy the new one next year. And I think that's what bothers us about annualized franchises. But then maybe? we just talked about how much I want to buy a new MacBook. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to exactly. buy an annualized MacBook. Yes, you'll still I buy really it. do. <laughs> um, just get, get, it, get a, make it a cloud computer. Just, just all the guts are on a server somewhere. And Fine. It's just a screen and a keyboard and a cloud receiver. <laughs> Nothing inside. But I think exactly. I'll pay two grand for it. Like, at, in the end, like, narrative-wise, yeah, having a new story every year mm-hmm. is great. Um, but just be upfront about it and maybe charge less or make it DLC. I don't know. Yeah. They, they could do something, I guess. <laughs> What right. a concrete conclusion. It's <laughs> not a really concrete, but like, yeah. if you want a new narrative every year, um, I don't know. Like, right, you've, you've tried to wrap this up like three times now. So. I can't wrap it up. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. All right. Well, sh- we should move on to the other question. Yep. All right. So the other question comes from Cougar Tai, uh, Hazel Isassin <laughs> on <That's> Twitter. complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does it make sense? For digital games to cost the same amount as a game you could buy at the store, shouldn't companies add more incentive to buy digitally instead of taking $5 off the price? What would work? I assume you're talking about consoles. Yes, we're talking about consoles, Tyler, not your stupid PC. Currently, nobody's really taken $5 off the price unless there's like a promotion going. Yeah, Nintendo there are the deals worst. that you can find on, like, hmm. sometimes you'll find it for a little bit cheaper yeah. on, on and the And we all know about Steam network. sales, but... Uh, and which, also games which are, are probably driving a lot of adoption. Well, they're also usually, usually, depends on the company, cheaper on PC. Usually, hmm. like, if it's a $60 game, it's 50 Well, yeah, because they don't have to pay license but fees I to Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft. Yeah. I think what he's asking is, is there more of an incentive than just, oh, we took $5. Like, I don't think he's saying this is what they're doing right now. I think he's what, they're, what he's saying is, 
can we add an incentive other than ah, it's five dollars well, cheaper? Like, I'm, I'm wondering what the incentive would be, like like DLC or like a yeah, a I'm not pet really sure. Character or could you yeah. if you make it cheaper? I mean, bonuses? well, the thing is, like, do we really want to? Do publishers really want to encourage people to buy digital? Yeah. I, mean, I guess that's well, cheaper for them. They don't have to produce. You can't return those. You can't that's buy that's your right. digital exactly. distribution game. So yeah, which is I think the future they're looking for is publishers the idea should that you love can. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes. I mean, and again, not to bring it up again, but the whole fire emblem thing was hilarious to me because it was just like I busted my ass to find a physical copy because there was no incentive for me to buy the digital copy I could have bought the digital copy on day one no problem but it was literally the same price as a physical copy and it's like why wouldn't I want a physical copy if I have no incentive to buy this one thing I would like to see that I don't think they'll ever do is when you buy a game you can trade it in I would like to see them do that digitally where you can trade in your game for digital credit. But see, that's exactly why they like digital distribution because you can't do right. that. No, yeah. no, no. No, you're not trading. You're not technically trading in. You're just saying, fine, take no, it. I, I, I want to get rid of this game on my system and maybe, you know, get $5 towards something else I mean, that's brand new. Like, Valve was very progressive, but I wish they were more progressive in that sense. Like, ownership when it comes to digital games is very unclear. Like, I have a Steam account. I own all these games. Do I? Because they could, they could disable my account at any time. Yeah. And then, do if, I own these if games? If Valve goes under, you can't use those games. Can I leave yeah. those games to my kids? Like, what, what can I... Do I really... Can I let a friend borrow them? No. Like... <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to be able to That's sell... That's the saddest will I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your gay virgin father son. has left you all his video game collections. <laughs> Here's my Steam password. <laughs> it's against the terms of service to I'm going to keep you. all of my systems for my kids. They won't work by the time Not I have children. Will. But Maybe. here, kids, you, if can only have, you can have my uh, PS1. If only they made them like they used to. There was a great Penny Arcade, for those of you who read it, the other day where... Uh, Gabe character is like, well, hey, this is my old Super Nintendo talking to his son. And this, <laughs> it's just taking a space in the closet, so I think you should have it. And then they're like sitting there playing Mario Kart, and it's like, is this just us playing, or are those other people on the track? Like, no, it's it's just us. It's like, is is that because it's so old, nobody plays it anymore? Like, no, we, we didn't really have the internet when I was your age, and it, it's not that old. It's only like. It's only 21 years. Oh my God, Mario Kart is old enough to drink. (laughs) Yeah, it's narrated comic strips brought to you by Michael (laughs) Rafaro. We should do one of those every episode, actually. You should just narrate a Penny Arcade strip. It's so nice. Because explaining comic strips is the best way to consume them. In today's family circus, (laughs) (laughs) Billy's clearly knocked over a vase and he's saying, It's not me. But he's not talking about himself. He's talking about a malevolent ghost that lives in their house and knocks over faces. I just like po face narration of the Billy running over stuff comics where there's no words. Just, and Billy jumped over the flower pot and then jumped through the treehouse mm-hmm. and then walked. That's it. And That's then there's the a, a space where it just loops three times and there's a bloody bird carcass. <laughs> Ooh, Billy. <laughs> what have you done, oh. Billy? Oh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Ownership of digital games. Oh, digital games. Yeah, yeah is, and, there a, and is there an incentive? incentive? There right. needs to be an incentive, though. Seriously, I mean, it, if it was cheaper, I would buy all my shit digitally. Right. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I like my idea. I want that. Well, what GOG is doing, <laughs> to go more PC again, is offering PC. tons Ugh. of extras. Like, you buy the game, you get the soundtrack, you get the original pitch concept yeah, art. Steam does get, that, too. 
Steam right. does it to an extent. GOG makes Although, more like, of an effort to charges do it. like five dollars for the soundtrack or something. Yeah, $3, GOG makes more like of an effort to if you buy the game, no extra, you get everything. You get you get stuff no one's ever seen. You get the original concept art. You get all this stuff, and so that's what they're using to motivate people, which is cool. Right. Um, yeah. Do you know? Do that on on consoles. Give people all kinds of cool stuff. Something yeah. stuff nobody's uh, ever anything. seen. You get an unearthed fresco. You get uh, <laughs> Encarta ninety five. Right. Well, no. I mean, like, what is what is Atlas going to do though? Because they need cardboard sleeves and t shirts and bad collectibles to make their games <laughs> purchasable. It's like that's their whole business model. Uh, I do Atlas. love those. And that's bad a question. Will the special edition? I have a bunch. I do too. I love them. Um, yeah, maybe. The like, special well, editions lately have kind of sucked. The getting, last one I bought was Skyrim. You know, will we not get wow. torsos anymore with our <laughs> purchases? We need bloody torsos. Topical. Gamers demand. Uh, not really. <laughs> bloody torsos. I did just pre-order Bioshock Infinite. So. Oh, right. With I, the Songbird edition. I would be cool <laughs> with buying that stuff, so, like getting a digital edition and then being like, hey, do you want to buy all the cool physical stuff? Yes. But sure, I also want it. I just want it digitally first, so I can just play it. I had kind of a weird uh, situation in the day where I, bu- I played Far Cry Three on the PC, and I bought it on PC, and then I signed up for Raptor or whatever reason, and I was using that, and they were just <laughs> Why like, would you "Do that," and they just gave me a code for like, "Hey, here's all a free code for all the DLC for the game. You'll never have to pay for it." And I was like, "Okay," and it was like, "Wow, I'm really happy I bought this digitally on PC now because I've got all this shit that I would have had yeah, to pay for in 360 for free." And that was a weird incentive where it was a multi-platform incentive where it wasn't just through Steam, where it was through some other secondary party as hmm. well. That's interesting. Yeah? Now I know. Guys, check out Raptor.com. They're paying me $5 every time I say Raptor.com. <laughs> Raptor.com. <laughs> Raptor.com. Raptor.com. Uh, Clever girl. Go to PCGamer.com. <laughs> that should be their slogan. <laughs> Why isn't it? I just got it. That company's <laughs> terrible. Damn, I'm a little slow. Good job, Tyler. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park reference. So yeah, yeah but there we go. Bottom line, they should yeah they should offer more incentives, especially I the Japanese companies who uh, absolutely offer no incentives. Whatsoever. Yeah, to to buy their games at all, really. They don't no. know the meaning of the word. They don't literally because they speak Japanese. They don't know. <laughs> That's true. Oh look, it's got a gray background and it's anime. I, I no, I won't buy that. Sorry. Of course, not to, to be fair, the American Xbox commenter. Three. Why does Michael hate anime so much? <laughs> <laughs> that's the second time in the episode he's ragged on it. <laughs> to be fair, how terrible is Games on Demand? Because that's terrible, by the way. On 360, I've never actually used it. Of course you haven't, because there's no because incentive. Why to. would I? <laughs> it's like every game on there. It's just like, uh oh, looks like Condemned Two is available for me to download. How much is this? Thirty nine ninety nine. Great. I'm going to do that <laughs> in the year two thousand twelve. Yeah. Could go to GameStop and get it for like four ninety nine. Exactly. Yeah. Again, learn from Valve. Like yeah. just just drop the price fast and drop it a lot. I have bought <laughs> and so much buy shit it. on Steam that I will never play. Exactly. Just because like just five because bucks? Steam. Yes, okay, I'll buy Super Gianna Sisters, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. There you like, go. It's the same, like, I don't know. You go to any store and it's like, you'll make impulse buys because it's like, well, this does nothing to my budget for the month because it's $3. Mm. I'll buy it. Yeah. I, I, I've, I bought so many games I'll never play. I bought Space Cam. I'll never play that. I don't like uh, uh, puzzle games that require thinking. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's like when you're dealing with digital games, like it, the, the counter argument to that is like, well, people who are producing, companies producing AAA games can't afford to just drop the price at a whim. But the thing is, it's like you, you wait a year and you just arbitrarily drop the price for like two days 
and you will get a shit ton of sales that you would not have gotten otherwise. Exactly. You'll get a bunch of money flowing in that wouldn't be there. The theory, and EA has stated this, is that those fire sales devalue their properties, make them seem cheap. But you would kind of think that Steam going and like, here's the game at full price, it's $50, and then dropping it would make consumers think like, oh, I'm not going to buy it, I'm just going to wait till it's cheap. And some people do say that, but that's mm-hmm. not really in practice what you see. You see a lot of sales yeah. at people the full price. People still want to be get shit on day one. And then you see price. it go down in price, and you don't see anyone going... Oh, that's bullshit. I can't believe they did that. I should have bought it later. No, they're happy with their purchase. The people mm-hmm. who buy it discounted are happy with their yeah. purchase. Like exactly. You don't see people getting exactly. mad about it. Like, and, and again, no one cares. The fact yeah. that it, it is a fire sale and not like, oh, now it's three ninety nine and it's that price forever. Like, yeah, people get no. that prices fluctuate and they don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. I paid full price for Hotline Miami. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't It doesn't upset me. Yeah, no, <laughs> Then great. I could have got it at 50 Yeah, now off. it's three ninety nine. I don't care. It's still great. Like, yeah, it's fine. I, I, whatever. Yeah. Do that. Cheap, <laughs> cheap and convenient. That's mm-hmm. like 90% of the battle. Yep. All right. Well, I think we're out of time. Yes. We are. We were out of time we're, like two hours yeah, ago. But. Yeah. All right. So we're going we're gonna to call in an episode. Um, so join us next week when we'll talk about some of the stuff that we did talk about this week from a position of knowledge <laughs> instead <laughs> of speculation. <laughs> Uh, God, I hope Sony really, really fucks with us and does something I, nice. I really hope they do. I, I'm, I'm going to be so bummed if it's just like we Exa- get a, what a, we a, said a text exactly. press release oh. Uh, saying, oh, we're, we'll be unveiling the PS4 at E3 t- 2013. But you can't June. wait to see Move 2.0. Ooh, even worse. <sighs> PlayStation Xperia 3D. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're we're kind of out of time here, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna head out now and, and close our show. But before we do, uh, we're gonna give you a preview. Next week's debate topic will be: Will next gen save console gaming or destroy it? And we're gonna give you a chance to weigh in. This is our question of the week. So go to Video Game Apocalypse or Video Game Apocalypse. We have that too. <laughs> or LaserTimePodcast.com. Go to our forums and weigh in on the question of the week and we'll read some of your responses on the air yep. quote unquote next week <laughs> hint you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> hint you're probably not right <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just so antagonistic <laughs> so that's our show everybody